0: So, uh, Ori Teller, bizarre question yet again. Did you ever watch Sesame Street?
1: Uh, yes, Jamie. I do love puppets. You know, I was punch once, and I was also partial to a big bird. Yeah, um, Ori I'm really sorry about that. I was actually going for rewind.
2: Yeah, so glad you missed me, but still. Anyway, why is there a bear in the chateau, and why is he from a big blue house? I'm confused. Oh, rewind. No, he played Bear in the big blue house. We've got Norm MacNeil in the chateau today. Oh, I'm, I'm still confused. Oh, but rewind, but rewind, but rewind, but rewind. He works with John Oliver, who's like a really big hero of mine, so I'm a bit like, oh my God, oh my God, it's going to be so good.
0: I don't know who that is either.
2: Oh, of course you don't. Right, well, find out what happens this week on You Suck Chronicles.
1: <laughs> Hello, everybody. And welcome to User Chronicles. Today, we shall be speaking to the man who is a puppeteer, a children's entertainer, a scriptwriter, and who works with Tom's absolute hero, John Oliver. These are the Chronicles of Noel McNeil. I do love wearing the big blouse.
0: Welcome everybody to the 37th edition of You Suck Chronicles, the chronicles of Noel McNeil. It is I, Sleeky and Sleek, the bearded brummie, Jamie, and with me as always is this handsome fella.
2: It's the melted Scotsman. Eventually, at some point now, all you hear is... ...a blablabla- 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 big fucking ginger puddle of absolute sheer mess on the floor. From how much I am literally dying right now. Yeah, so, this
0: heat is ridiculous.
2: Dude, I haven't even got a hat on. For the f- this is the first time in the history of recording, in the history of my life, where I've not got a hat on. Tom Jones told to leave your hat on. I was like, you can fuck off, Jonesy. What, do you think this is? what the fuck do you think this is, eh? It's 32 fucking degrees outside. Are you are
0: you for real, Jonesy? Come on. I know I live in Wales, but shit me. You can fuck right off. You can
2: leave your head on. Um, I'm not going to bother this time, Tom, to be honest with you, because I am melting, all right? It's a bit too fucking hot for that, mate. It is a little bit too hot. Uh, I'm not going to go there. It needs washing, put it that way. <laughs> oh. It needs washing, okay? Because I wore it
0: to work today. I was a bit like, oh. <laughs> the, mm. the stripping part of that, Tom, I'm down for. It's fucking hot. But, <sighs> but the hat... I can go. Yeah.
2: Sorry, Mr. Jones. Uh, it's going to be the reverse, if that's okay with you. The clothes will stay on, but the hat will come off. That's it. That's all right with you, Mr. Jones. Sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Sir Tom. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yes, of course, Sir Tom. Yeah. Do apologize. Mr. Jones, yeah. Sir Tom. Yeah. How are you anyway, man? How are <laughs> After that very bizarre tangent there, I am very good. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad to actually be fucking recording, because this yeah. week <laughs> has been an absolute <laughs> ball <bowl> bag. <laughs>
1: Woo! Recording!
0: Nice. Apologies everyone for another late recording, because yeah, just it all went wrong this week with my, ro- my rotor for work and whatnot, so. Well no, that's your work's fault for being like, oh yeah, this is your
2: shift, and then they're being like, why are you here? Pretty much, it, yeah. Because I'm in for work, what do you mean?
0: Because <laughs> that's what you told me to do. No, you yeah. didn't. <laughs> Bloody bastards. But hey-ho, here we are. Yeah, back once again with the
2: renegade master. but am just about to sing that behavior. So, So we're becoming
0: one. I was literally just about to start singing them.
2: Yeah. So we tend to not come without the ill behavior because it's never really a good thing to have that around. You know, especially around the chronicles sort of area. Yes. You know what this, I mean? This,
0: so this is a good behavior zone over
2: over there. It's absolutely fine. The renegade master doesn't really like it over there, though. So he doesn't tend to to join us when the ill behavior is around. So. <laughs>
0: Our guest is going to listen back to this and go, what did I join? I'm so confused. <laughs> you're joining us for the use of
2: Chronicles, baby. That's what Damn right. That's what you're joining us for, so. And how are you, my melty co-host? Warm, Jamie. Fucking warm. Do you know what, <laughs> right? I, had to, I, I caved for the first time in years and bought a fan, right? Oh, he's fine. It turns up tomorrow, okay? But... Bastards everywhere have bought the cheapest fans from like every store, so I had to pay fifty quid. Fifty, 50 of, quid. I had to pay fifty pounds, fifty of your Welsh and English pounds, to buy oh, an God. oscillating fucker in a towel. It's huge, and I'm like, yes, make me cold. <laughs> I will put you at the end of the bed while I lie out with my bollocks hanging out. Yeah, literally. I can just <laughs> imagine my dick being like, like just floating from being blown. <laughs> That's how high I want it on, like turn it fucking up. I literally want to be going against it, trying to turn it off, like fuck, I will turn this off. <laughs> That's how much I want it to blow me,
0: Jamie. I don't want it to blow me sexually. I want it to blow me cold. (laughs) And welcome to this week's USUK Chronicles, where we have a children's entertainer on the show. Woo! (laughs) Sorry, Noel.
2: I'm so fucking sorry. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. This is what you get when you come on our show. So
0: it's far too hot to care. It's just... right,
2: to be fair, to Noel, right? We did so well not to swear during that interview.
0: We did actually. I was quite. We impressed did a us. great
2: job. We did an unbelievable job. I think I said "fuck" once, and it was right, at, like right at the end, like with well, that story he dropped, which I won't spoil. But he dropped a story. And it was just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so you know, but yeah. It's a it's a good one this week, boys and girls. Don't you fucking worry
0: about that. It is a very good one. No one's anyway, in town. What have you been up to, my friend? Mm,
2: mm, 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 mm. Uh, uh,
0: let's uh, not uh, break tradition, shall we? They make, make me go for. Okay,
2: fuck it. Let's go. I'll go first. Yeah, fuck it. Let's do yeah. yeah. it. like it. I'm like it. a person. We're
1: getting adventurous. I like it. <laughs> yeah, hey, Bill, Steve,
0: Dave. He's making me go. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting adventurous over here. He
2: is. What's he doing? Fucking rebel. Um, <laughs> losing his fucking marbles, Dave. <laughs> anyway, where's Tony? I oh, was still being chased by that lion. All right, so I that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, is he still fighting that fucking chicken again? Yeah. Um, cheers, Callum. That's just like ingrained in my head. Dude. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm like your dad, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll tell you <laughs> I'll you. Um, hmm. So I'm doing a lot of re-entering, of course. I've had one day off this week, so I'm I'm pretty bollocks. So I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I only had Tuesday off this week, so it's been like I'm just tired. So I'm really looking forward to my two days off tomorrow and Tuesday. Like I cannot wait. I literally cannot wait. Um, so what have I done? I went to watch the European Championship final, the Euro twenty twenty one final, was it England and Italy? And I recorded myself um, whenever every England penalty because the amount of England fans that are behind me, because I was right at the front, the TV was literally up above me. So I leant back a little bit, put my phone up, so you can literally see everyone behind me, and then just me going like, oh. oh." (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I was a little bit gutted, because obviously Pickford saved Jorginho's penalty right at the end, because if if he'd scored it, he would have won.
3: Mm.
2: And when he saved it, literally the pub erupted. Which is so weird being in Wales and following England fans, but I guess it's just a lot of the Um, You know, being Scottish in Wales, I can't really, you know, complain or have a go. But anyway, I'm not. But still, let's let's, let's move on. So I did that, I went to watch that with Elliot. Um, I've never seen someone shit themselves so much during the football game. Bless his little face. It was very funny. Um, uh, Rihanna uh what else have I done? Um, I went for dinner with Brooke about two weeks ago now. Yeah. <laughs> Like a couple of Fridays back, um, I went to Cheltenham and saw Vicky uh, last week. That was really nice. I saw her, stayed at hers, uh, spent some time with her. So that was really lovely. Um, I went for dinner with Melissa uh, in Bristol uh, last week. Oh, I think it was Tuesday. Um, oh, my God. What else have I done? Uh, fuck. Come on, brain. Been watching a bit of WWE, each other catch up. But I'm at WrestleMania now. I haven't started it yet, um, but I'm there. So you there. I'm there. I finally made it.
1: <laughs> Ma, I made it, Ma.
2: Um, You're almost caught up then, aren't you? Almost. No, yeah. fuck off. No, it's July, mate, now. Main is the oh, start of you. April. <laughs> uh, <tell you. laughs> because that week, you've got like the Raw, then you've got the NXT, which is two nights, the Hall of Fame, which is one big fucker, then you've got SmackDown
0: WrestleMania special, then Mania itself, which is two nights again. I haven't watched any of Mania. Have you not? Nope. I always watch the Hall of Fame every year. I've not even watched that this year. I've, watched I've been told
2: I've been told the first night is amazing and the second isn't. So I was like, okay, that's fine. I can deal with that. Mm. Um we've done some interviews. We have. We've had quite a, a few interviews, year. yeah. Some good interviews there. Star- stored away, which is quite nice. Um, other than that, man, oh I started watching uh, the new Resident Evil series on Netflix. Oh, I want to watch that. It's very good. Is it very good? It's very... It's only They're 20-minute, 20 25-minute episodes, and they're, like, anime. But it, it's like you're playing the game. It's oh, nice. quite crazy, yeah. And I've watched the first two episodes, and it's phenomenal. Amazing. I really like it a lot. So I'll finish the other two probably later, to be honest with you. Um, but other than that, man, like you said before you recorded, I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> like, literally reanimating
0: more than anything else. So... What about yourself? What about you, man? What's been going on? Pretty much the same. I've done non-stop Rihanna-ing. Um I had kids come stay last, last weekend. Oh, last nice. Weekend. How was that? That was wonderful. And I, I made a cheesecake and it was fucking beautiful. I made a custard what? cream cheesecake. Okay, nice. Sounds good. The, ma- proper the English listeners. biscuits, not yeah. bloody American ones. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really damn good. I want to make another one. I was looking at the recipe website and I found it, I was reading them out, and I was like, Oreo. And Sam just went, that next. I was like, okay, I'll make an Oreo next, apparently. It's fine by me. I can't go wrong with Oreos. I, I, I thought you were going to say something disapproving, then you had that look on your face and say, don't tell me you don't like Oreos. Um, no, Oreos are all right. Um, I've I've just eaten a lot of Jaffa cakes recently,
2: like earlier, so when they mentioned Oreos, I'm like, fucking hell, no, I feel a bit full. I think I might be sick. <laughs> I literally ate two massive Tesco cookies, double, double, triple chocolate ones, dipped in my tea, and then half of the fucker fell in, and I was like, no! I hate it when that happens! Um, and then I ate ten Jaffa cakes with it as well. So, Jesus I literally, Christ! Like, Mate, yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs>
0: no wonder you're buzzing.
2: I'm gonna be a fat bastard for the rest of my life, and I don't give a <laughs> fucking shit. Me, all right, Steve, dad you heard this. No,
0: just, um, so, yeah, um, what else have I done? I watched a few things, few Netflix series. I watched one about um, the Yorkshire Ripper, and I watched one about the Night Stalker. I'm going to watch serial killer documentaries again. I don't know why. Okay, I just wanted I wanted something relaxing and a nice break from Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> Um, other than that, I've caught up on Rick and Morty because I had not watched any of them, and that's about it. I just that's can't fun. get into that show. I know, but it's fun. I don't. I don't think it's as good as it's hyped up to be, but I do enjoy it. If that makes sense.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the more somebody goes, you should watch it.
0: You should watch it. You should watch it. You should watch it. I'm like, I'm not going to watch that. Yeah. No. <laughs> 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 it took me ages to watch because of that. But other than that, not a lot. Mostly just looking forward to next weekend because it's my birthday. My my, 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 my birthday.
2: Jamie's birthday next Sunday, ladies and gents. A week week tonight.
0: Yeah, it is. Halfway to 70, as someone pointed out to me the other day. That's a very good point, actually. What are you doing for it? Um, I'm going out with the kids the day before. And then we're having a little hoose party from what I gathered. And then the following down my actual birthday, I haven't got a sodding clue. The wife's arranged it, so I don't have a clue. Oh,
2: okay. Nice. That sounds good.
0: I hope you thoroughly enjoy whatever it is you do. It better be good. I wasn't throwing my wedding ring at forehead. Nice. <laughs> no, should we be should good? I'm really looking forward to it. I love birthdays. I'm a massive child when it comes to my birthday. I'm like, give me presents. Give me cake. Give me lots of singing songs and shit. Yeah, I don't know why. Lots of singing songs and Lots shit. Lots of singing songs and shit, yes. I'm sticking with it. I can't bother to change it. Can I be
2: the one that gives you the shit? <laughs> yes. Amazing. I like proper proper on my pan- doorstep. <laughs> proper panpipers. And I'm there
0: with a on a cushion. Still <laughs> steaming, fresh. <I've-> <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I want it on my doorstep in a brown bag on fire. Thank you. Lord Westwood,
2: <laughs> here is your shit. Have you had your singing songs yet? <laughs> <laughs> the shit's arrived where's the singing of songs I, I need all the singing of songs I want the shit to sing me a song even. Mm. <laughs> I'm Mr. Hanky's <laughs> Jamie's birthday I love you <laughs> hey
0: That a really good miss. Thank you, British. Thank you very much, and you always go over it!
2: I'm <laughs>
0: <laughs> good! I'm here to ruin your fun bastard. And anyway, a word from our fucking sponsor. Oh my brothers, have you seen this beautiful website?
2: Yes, rewind, I have. We want to, we'd like to thank our friends, uh, the Web Orchard and Pete White for this illustrious
0: new website
2: they have created
0: us. Wait, wait, there's a website? Yes, there is previous. www.usucknetwork.com It's incredible. So we want to say a massive thank you to The Web Orchard. So go find them, The Web Orchard, on all social medias or just head to www.theweborchard.com for all your website needs. Oh, my brothers. It's beautiful. Let's get back to this week's episode.
2: Thank you, Web Orchard. Cheers, Web Orchard. We really appreciate everything that you do for us, of course. You legend.
0: Pete White. Fucking hero. Anyway, I suppose we should be educated. Hey, learn some things. Do you want to be educated today? Damn right I do. I've been missing these. Have you? Yes, I want to be treached some things. Well, let's see if Callum can provide the goods in Callum's
2: Treachings. What is Callum us this week? Maybe urinals were invented when a tall guy walked past a sink and thought, why not?
0: <laughs> I think we have a new winner I was going to say <laughs> that is never being beaten that is the one
2: he has a really good point though what Yeah, they must have gone that's actually not a bad shout yeah someone's like what the fuck are you? oh hang on <laughs>
0: Yeah. Why was a urinal invite, invented? That is a really good point. Why was the urinal invited? I don't know. Fuck, Why stop are you... catching my <laughs> bloody balls up Ball-upsios. <laughs> <laughs> Why was it invented?
2: I don't know, but that's a, I just love the idea of someone being like, that's fucking... Genius! What a great idea that is. You I'm absolutely... taking that on Dragon. Yeah. then. If I said, yeah, make it <laughs> bit rounder and put it against the wall rather than like, so it's upwards rather than it's actually facing. Genius. Callum, I'll make that... all the money. I really hope that the next treaching follows up because that was an absolute beauty. What else is Callum treaching us this week? If an apocalyptic event killed the dinosaurs... Then, according to them, we would live in a post-apocalyptic future. Well, that's well, a really good point. It is a very good point. Why? Wow. we live in a po- post-apocalyptic world. Does that mean when the zombies invade, it'd be a post-post-apocalyptic world? Yes. It it will? It. That's if we're still around by the time that happens. You know, man will probably wipe it. I mean, with the weather, fucking weather's been recently. I know yeah. it would be fucking wiped out soon anyway. That's absolutely insane. I'm
0: pretty certain I will set on fire before the end of the week. (laughs) Well, I mean, look at your daughter. And then look at you.
2: How has your daughter become one of us, Jamie Westwood? I don't know.
0: It's nothing to do with me. Uh, I
2: think you I think you like the fact. I think you know that you're ginger, right? I think you know. Let me finish before you jump down my fucking throat. I think you know deep down in your heart that you're a ginger like me, right? But you like the fact that people comment on it and you're like, oh, I like to just argue with them. That I'm not. I love it. <laughs> but, oh, Rich, genuinely you know not. Deep, but you know deep down, Jamie Westwood, that you are one of us. Our beards <sighs> are not the us. same colour. Ah! One of us. One of us. Everybody. One of us. (laughs) I do like the idea of listeners just walking down the road going, one of us. I really I really help people do it. I'll be so fucking proud of every single person. You'll all get a massive thumbs up. (laughs) Yeah. The best we can offer you. Double wave. Double wave. (laughs) I love double wave. I'll bring double wave back to every interview. I'm gonna see if I get double wave in the next interview tomorrow night. That'd be so funny. Anyway, and finally, what else? It's Callum us this week. Isn't it funny how in film and TV, because they can't always use brand names, when a character orders a beer on, at a bar, the bar staff don't question it and just get them a beer without asking them any sort of questions about what type of beer they want. You just get them a beer. Beer
0: brand beer. <laughs> That's a very good point. And then just the ending of beer, beer brand, beer. That's really <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> it's a really good point,
2: though. What do you want, Carlsberg, Carlin? No, I just want a beer. Yeah, but like Heineken, Grosch? What, what? No, just a beer. Shouldn't yeah, they? but like, Budweiser? Like, what What? What do you want? Beer Murray? No, just a
0: beer, please. <laughs> I think the only time I think I've done it is The Simpsons with Duff. Other than that, yeah, it's just, I'll have a beer, please. That's such a good point, isn't it? No, it's it's, really it's amazing point. how much
2: actually just don't think about it. No. Uh, you just don't think Yeah, hey, Steve, Dave, Will, have you heard this, mate? fucking <laughs> Tony. Totally. If you order a beer, you just order a beer, mate. You don't have to actually explain which one it is, you just fucking get a beer and you get one.
0: You test this. Next time we go in a pub, we'll walk into the bar and just ask for a beer and see if I ask.
2: Yeah, oh such a genius move. I'm but gonna test this. Mind you, it's a bit it's a bit difficult when uh, everything's online at Bordering at the moment,
0: but Oh shit, that's a good point.
2: Ah, oh, just reminds me. Callum, thank you so much for this. They were, they were glorious. That was good, especially were that fucking so... first one. That killed <laughs> me. But I was on Twitter earlier and Stephen Mangan put the greatest tweet up I've ever read in my life. Mainly I was directed at England, but it was like, can't wait for the pandemic to finish tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I thought that was all types of genius. I just... I just oh don't get me started on this shit. But like, fucking hell. The, the day before Freedom Day, and the Prime Minister's gone into bloody isolation. What? So clearly it's safe. You twat.
2: Well, there you go. That's what I just suppose. I, I, I don't know. I no, can't. No uh, I can't. I just, I just. I, I've got to that point now where I'm just like, every, yeah, everyone knows what I like now. Hey, it's just
0: stop voting him. I was, Maybe. I, I can't remember what I was talking to, but I went, I, I was saying, oh, you can guarantee though, in the next election, he's going to get re-elected. Probably. I could just feel it, feel it in my bones. That's why I'm,
2: uh, I'm thinking about going back here. I wouldn't blame you. So, I wouldn't blame me either. I think, you know, not that I want to get political, but I think, um, I think independence would be quite nice. Move back home to Scotland and just, Never have to worry about the Tories ever again because they've never gotten in in Scotland. So, <laughs> because we're like, fuck that fucking what the fuck, what I in for, for fuck's sake, absolute fucking cats.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, so like we're just waiting for an episode of the Children's Entertainment. I know, I'm so sorry,
2: <laughs> but um, we're being very well looked after here in Wales, like masks are mandatory no matter what level it's at. So, even when we have our Freedom Day on the 7th of August, we still have to wear them. So I'm like, that's because, you know, Labour give a fuck. So, but anyway. So. Anyway. Welcome to the 37th edition of Tom's Journal. So I'm quite excited this week because I've got some stuff in here. When we were meant to record last week, I was like, fuck, the journal's not very full. Now it is. (laughs) Ooh, he's had an event for a few days. So I was at work. How would you say, okay. So I'm going to spell it for you. Tell me how you'd say it. How do you say the name double A-R-O-N? Double A-R-O-N. Aaron. Okay, thank you. Shout out the name at work. Aaron. His response to me was, it was spelt double A-R-O-N. His response to me was, it's actually Aaron. Like, that's actually incorrect how you said it. It's actually Aaron. Aaron. It's like, right, but it's spelt the way Aaron is pronounced. So... I mean, if you were going to be like, oh, I'm really sorry, but he wasn't like, a poly- he was just like, it's actually Aaron. Like he was a proper dickhead about it. And I was like, okay, but it's, never mind." So if it had an I in it, I would have understood. Well, yeah. But it doesn't. So, you know, absolute penis. I was sort of going, right, but
0: I'm, I'm always going to get it wrong. Everyone's always going to get it wrong, <laughs> yeah. me, aren't they? Actually, I answered that incorrectly. It's actually AA wrong. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Ron. Um anyway. Okay. Anyway.
2: This was from this is Elliot's in this is Elliot's induction into the Tom's into Tom's journal. Yeah. Elliot says, Do you reckon being able to drive makes you any good at car games? That's a good point. Because I was at his house uh, when we were about to go when we went to watch um oh fucking hell. We went to watch Italy, Spain in the pub, me, Elliot and Des, his housemate. So that's one of the things I did do. I went to the pub to watch that game. And then when I, w- I watched uh, England Denmark at Elliot's house. So I did that also in my previous two weeks. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> we were just at the, we were at his house and he was, we were playing, um, there's a brand new game on the PS5 um, car game he was playing. And he was just like, um, do you reckon like being able to drive makes you really good at car games? I was like, I don't know. Because I I don't know. Does it? Because I, I don't drive, know. so... That's I,
0: don't... I, I don't drive, and I'm terrible at racing games, so... <laughs>
2: I'm not the greatest. I don't, know. Yeah, I don't play a lot of racing games, there, either, unless they're Mario Kart or, like, something fun. I'm not really bothered.
1: Yeah. Oh,
2: I just lot a Bugatti LT469.
0: Did you? That's what? Harrison. Yeah. Oh, it's yellow. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's Harrison right there. Is it? Harrison loves, like, Forza, Need for Speed, all them, like... He's he's got the steering wheel the fucking gear stick everything for his place really like, yeah he loves fucking racing up. games and he's, he's pretty damn good at them when he can't drive so maybe I don't know
2: maybe I'd be a bit worried when he starts to learn maybe it's like don't fucking start being one of them boy racer types Harrison Westwood yeah alright yeah. if you're yeah. listening to this right now yeah don't you dare disapproving dad noise yeah um quite a funny moment in Cardiff City Centre I was just going to buy some lunch and a dog all by itself just completely shot right past me. And I was like, oh. Okay. Bye, dog. So dogs actually rush up past me. No lead, nothing. Absolutely gone. Right? Just bombed it down Queen Street. Went to Tesco, bought my lunch, came out. As I came out, five or six people just ran straight past me. And I was like, the fuck? But I've been in there a good five minutes, five, ten minutes. So I was like, Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you ain't catching that. No. <laughs> <laughs> because that he's long gone like, someone's just realised their dog's gone <laughs> yeah it was so funny I was just like oh it's a dog oh okay la 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 Tesco buy some stuff beep beep oh, have a good day yeah cheers that's fine walk out and loads of people were past like oh it out. I guess you're chasing the dog that was quite a while ago <laughs> that, was yes- yes- that was yesterday guys what the fuck have you done <laughs> 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 saved a guy at work uh, did a collection for him and he was like, oh, I'm really sorry enough to take my mask off. So I stopped steaming up. Literally Indian Einstein. <laughs> he was an Indian what? guy. And he, looked, he just looked like Einstein. The hair, the moustache, the, the lot. And he was a doctor. And I was just like, That's this is amazing. A- it was amazing. He <laughs> was a lovely guy as well. But he just went, oh, I'm just going to take my mask off and took off. I was like, fuck, it's Einstein. Holy shit. <laughs>
0: Please tell me you said that. Of course I didn't say that. (laughs) Damn it. I don't want to be branded a racist. It's not racist. The dude looks like Albert Einstein. He looks like Albert Einstein. That's not racist. I was just like, this is incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely, lovely guy.
2: I think, right? I think this was in a journal ages ago. But I was talking to somebody about um, uh, how fucked up school is back in the day. Hmm like how you could, not the things you could, you can't get rid of stuff now that you could back then. Do you remember if you ever forgot your PE kit at school and you had to do it in vest and pants, right? Yeah. I was at primary school and I think I was in year three or four and I forgot, this is in Germany, and I forgot my vest and pants. I forgot my PE kit, sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I had to do my PE kit, my PE yeah. kit. I was dead
2: <laughs> And he was like, you need to walk around that hole in your vest and pants. Like, I really don't want to. He's like, no, you're going to because you forgot your PE kit. I was like, Okay, obviously being like seven or eight, what I can't sit there and go, what lessons is gonna teach me, you twat. But um yeah, it was like you need to walk around that hall. So everybody was in there doing PE and I had to walk around everybody in my vest and pants. Like I was
0: mortified. It bro- destroyed me. I don't think it ever happened to me, but I remember it being thinking primary school only though, I don't think it was everything in like seniors. You could do it in seniors, mate, because no. obviously puberty
2: see stuff. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. But like, how nonce is that, in a way? Like, teachers, like, you need to walk around in your vest in pants. Like, I, I really don't want to do it. It's it is, pretty messed up. It's pretty it? weird. Yeah.
0: I remember kicking off. I find it funny that... Do you remember the, the little pumps you had to wear for PA when you were in junior school? It was black Limbs pumps. holes. Yeah. yeah. Kids today still use those for PE, and it blew my mind. I don't know why. Okay, so still have them. Why is that still a thing, those really uncomfortable-looking, horrible PE shoes? I wear them for work. Really? They're three quid in
2: Primark. I was like, yeah, right. Mate, my feet are so big, and the way I walk, I destroy shoes really quick. So I was like... Rather than buying a nice, decent pair of work ones, i was buy these three quid plimsolls, destroy them every time it's three fucking quid rather than 20 to 30-odd quid or whatever on decent shoes. So... I see the logic in um, them. Another, another one from someone I work with called Sophia. She asked me this question. So she's getting inducted into the Tom's Journal as well this week. Do you ever drink your drink through a penguin bar? Through a penguin bar? You know the penguin bars? Yeah. If you bite one end and bite the other end and put it to your drink and suck, it comes straight through. I've never done that. Have you not? Well, there you go. You can I do I know it. what I'm doing the next time I get a penguin bar. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> know that was a thing. Put it in your tea or coffee straight through. Beautiful. Oh, <laughs> that sounds quite sexy. Yeah, it is. A little bit. And then you can read the joke at the same time so you have a bit of a laugh at the same
0: time as enjoying the oh. penguin. Yeah, there you go. Everybody wins. Read the, read the joke while you do it. Choke on your hot tea from laughter. Ah, oh, yeah. Perfect. Laughs. Die. <laughs> <That's spot on. laughs> I love that penguin bars still have the joke on the back I know yeah I'll be disappointed if they
2: ever got rid of that yeah they've been doing it. they've been churning up the same jokes for years and years and years I was going to say years.
0: I don't think they've written any new jokes in about 20 years
2: but <laughs> oh another thing I got vaccinated yesterday hey
0: <laughs> Woo! Double, double, ma- I'm- double dose
2: crew I, finally do- I have the power um, yeah I'm finally double vaccinated I'm so fucking happy about it I did well. wonder why all those bits of metal were stuck to your arm now I know yeah, tell me, right? She stabbed me quite high up, though. <laughs> and, like, I bled loads. I was like, is that supposed to happen? And I felt the needle, like, moving around in there. So I was a bit like, okay. I was like, but still, I'm vaccinated. I don't give a shit. She sent malicious. <laughs> she was really lovely, actually. She told me she was a uh, half Maltese. Mm-hmm. Half Maltese, quarter Irish, quarter Welsh. I was like, oh. Interesting Interesting mix, fair enough. Yeah, tell me about it. It's because I was talking... Oh, and this this is another weird weird thing. Sorry, I'm completely deviating away from the journal a second. I went into the vaccination centre and I was like, hi, I'm here for my second... She was like, oh, hi, you're here for your second shot, aren't you? I was like, yeah. She went, yeah, I recognise you from the first time. Do you? Like, I I, I mean, a lot of people probably look like me, a lot of bold, ginger-bearded people. She's like, no, I remember you from Cardiff Bay. It's like, oh,
0: Awesome, I guess. <laughs> I, your coat's up, you've pulled.
2: Uh, I was just a bit like, okay. I must be recognizable, I suppose. I was just a bit like, there's obviously a doppelganger, or someone looks like me somewhere, surely. Like, it can't, you can't, surely you can't. Sure. that many people around Cardiff with their head on backwards, surely. Exactly, yeah. Upside down, even. <laughs> Why'd my head be on backwards? Oh, upside down, yeah. yeah. Upside down, yeah, exactly. You All fucking. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Stop doing that. I'd be, to be like this. Yes. I'd be like, hello, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I know I'm thick. Leave me alone.
2: <laughs> Tom, why is your head on backwards? Uh, I mean, it's not. Here why are you walking
0: goes. with your heels
2: in first? Let me guess.
0: Uh, hey, Dave, you've seen this guy over here? He's got his head on backwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Tony. Actually, Tony's back. Fucking
2: <laughs> <laughs> Um When you watch cooking shows, do they make you hungry? Yes, every time. Like, of course they're going to. Yeah. Of, of course they're going to, because, like, oh, I've been watching Daddy as well. Um, yeah, so that's where I got that from, because there was a guy um, on the most recent episode like how they misses his, like, uh, reporting from the, from the sidewalk and stuff, but the questions were ridiculous. <laughs> What's the messiest food you've ever eaten? Like, and this guy got really into it. It was like, pasta, good stuff, slappy goes everywhere, or even soup, and his wife's just like,
0: that's my Steve, that is. That's my bloody Steve,
2: that. Look at him talking about pasta getting food everywhere. Yeah.
1: My bloody Steve. Isn't
0: you don't he have to in... do his washing, getting all the soup stains out of his yeah.
1: top of my Isn't he a fucking darling? Look at him. Beautiful, beautiful man in our 70s. Anyway,
2: this was from Twitter. And it was a conversation that was had that just really made me fucking laugh a lot. So okay. this was a conversation between two people that got put on Twitter and, and went and, and like trended because it was so fucking funny.
0: Okay.
2: Is Pink Panther a lion? Sorry. Say that again, but slower. I don't I don't get it. He's the Pink Panther. Okay, but is he a lion? Mac, angel of my light of my life. He's a Panther. Is that a kind of lion? <laughs> No, it's a fucking panther. Well, I've just Googled it. They're not pink. And lions <laughs> are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh That was some beautiful acting, by the way.
2: Oh, thank you so much. I wanted to, like, at least deliver it properly <laughs> rather than, like... Page, you know, is a, is, a, is a pink panther a lion? No, it's not a lion, it's a panther. Oh, right, okay, but I don't get it. Like That would, just, that would have nothing, That would have nothing, would it? No. So if I actually delivered it properly. Um. Here's a question for you. Why does this always fucking happen and always to me? Why, when you smack your head off the extractor of the hob, do you always hit the corner? <laughs> Why is it always the fucking corner? Why is it never the edge or like the front part? Why is it always the twatting corner? <laughs> It's like, oh, I'm just gonna
0: bend down to look at my pattern oh, for, every time. I hate being tall sometimes. It's gonna I feel like you've got some like built up anger towards this extractor fan here.
2: Mate, I used to do it in my old house in Chatham. I did it all the time it was so low. I was always like that a bit I always hit the corner.
0: I'm quite Bastard. fortunate it doesn't happen to me. I'm taller, so
2: yeah, yeah short ass ginger motherfucker. <laughs> 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 Noel, I'm so sorry for the language that's been used in this
0: episode. I know, so right?
2: <laughs> I'm so fucking sorry. As he swears again. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, question for you. Three left. Okay. Three,
0: Three left. left. Ooh, this and is a all juicy girl.
2: one. They're all questions. Beautiful. How many chuggers before the choo-choo? Chugga, 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 chugga,
0: choo-choo. Five? Do you do five, do you? Chugger, 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 chugger. Four. You do four. Four.
2: Okay. I'm going with four. Chugger, 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 chugger. It's what I do. I go, chug, chug. <laughs> so I'm probably double figures.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you just got me to sit here and go, chugga chugger, chugger, chugger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make this a special
2: episode, you know. I'll save, this, I'll save the best one to last. Um, have you ever caught anyone at work or in random places fucking or committing sexual acts? No. I know uh, of it, being been at work, but I've not caught anyone personally. I've never caught anyone personally, but I've heard stories like, oh my God, so-and-so just caught Steve and Dave in the fucking toilet. <laughs> fucking Steve <laughs> and Dave. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it a a of cabin
0: stories. down the other end of the yard. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: fucking construction, site! they're fucking blowing each other. Ah, it's just like there were six and nine, and one was held upside down. <laughs> <laughs> Tony <Totally laughs> was super so chased with that fucking tiger, so thought they had, they thought they had time to run blow
0: each other. They only went in there to add from chickens. <laughs>
2: ah, fucking chickens.
1: Anyway, anyway. Yeah, I, last, mean, yeah, I was gonna
0: say. I remember when I was at Sainsbury's one time. I'm like, this person and this person got caught having sex in the in the public toilets. <gasps> but I've never caught anything yeah. myself. Why
2: did anybody ever think that was a great idea? I don't really know like, you know, like danger wanking. They'd be like, uh, you know, call up my next blah, blah, blah. Oh. <laughs> never understood why that's a thing. People obviously, like, everyone's got a kink, haven't they? But, you know, um, I never saw why a workplace was such a good idea to go bang. They obviously they couldn't resist each other, I suppose. Like, it's such an odd... No, apparently not. But there you go. Jamie, last question. Do you think spunk
0: ever goes mouldy? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm so sorry, Noel. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I mean, you've already done the interview. It's too late to back out now, but... Because just... <laughs> it goes like glue in the shower, doesn't it? What? But... <laughs> I just wanted to know. I'm absolutely speechless. I don't <laughs> really know what to say. And that was the third edition <laughs> of Tom's Channel. <laughs> Of all the questions you could have asked, that w- would have been by far the furthest from what I could have guessed it was going to be. <laughs> I can't even speak. I'm that dumbfounded. Oh, well, you know, I had to bring bits and pieces. What's of worse is in. I kind of want to Google it to find
2: out. No, you fucking don't.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just, oh. I thought about making a little science experiment, and I was like, I know won't leave. <laughs> I don't want to leave his tissues like just sat on my desk. Oh, you know I mean? oh, no, see what happens. Um, which reminds me, actually, there was a guy oh, um, at work who would brought his glasses in, and he'd never cleaned them. Yeah. Oh, dude! Oh, my days! I cannot express to you. I, I, I can't express the level of black, brown, and green stuff that was all over those glasses. I cannot express to you how bad it was. Oh. Yeah, it was not tasty. I did. I dared my, I dead my coll- No, no, one of my colleagues got it. I dared him to lick it and he wouldn't, but still. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him. But like, oh my, I've never seen anything like it in my life. I'm surprised it wasn't like,
3: <laughs>
2: I'd like, <laughs> <deliver this> <laughs> see it's little, like, little, like, sproggy things with little, like, antenna. It's like, <laughs> Let's clean that up. No, <laughs>
3: huh.
2: tell Selena left her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Selena
2: of all names, but still. Oh, anyway, guys, anyway. we should get to the de Resistance, shouldn't we?
0: We really should. The whole reason why listening. we're here.
2: Yeah, the whole reason why we're here for our wonderful children's entertainer. <laughs> <laughs> what <Where> the hell? <laughs> Noel, I will apologise massively for the language that's been used in this. I am so sorry. It's, you know, you knew what you signed up for.
3: That's all I'm saying. I don't don't think think he did. (laughs) I don't think he did.
2: (laughs) But in all seriousness, it was, um, what an interview. I like, I was so excited when you put him in and you were like, Google him. And I did. And I saw what he was on. And I literally had kittens. Noel works with one of my all-time biggest heroes, who I like to call Daddy. Yeah. And Mr. John Oliver. And it was just like, oh my god. I can't believe I get to speak to somebody from last week tonight. Yeah. But of course, Noel is also known for being Bear in the Big Blue House. So the people that I've spoken to, I'm like, I've interviewed bearing the Big Blue House I've been like, oh my god, my childhood. Oh my days. So we're really excited to release this. Noel was and you were an absolute legend. You were so lovely to talk to. And is your wife an author? Apparently. I've heard she is. So <laughs> I believe her book's out now, so you know, because yeah. we've taken so long to release this episode. So. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> so please go and check out Noel's wife's book. It's but in no. the interview. So this forget. is amazing. Like it's as we say that Noel has worked for Sesame Street, you know, that that little 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 production you might have heard of for over 30 years. That is insane. And it's the stories he's telling Yeah, I I love this so much. I'm the so glad to hero. get this one out.
2: Yeah, the man is a hero, a true legend. We absolutely love sitting down talking to you. And here we go, Jamie, any last words? Nope, take it away. No, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go.
1: (sighs) Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week, he is a puppeteer, a scriptwriter, a children's entertainer, and works with the biggest goddamn legend in Tom's life, John Oliver. It's No McNeil!
0: Ladies and gents, today we have with us a very special guest. This man has worked on so many incredible projects, including one of the most iconic kids' TV characters of the late 90s, early 2000s. He's an actor, a puppeteer, a writer, an author, and has done one of the greatest things you can do and brought smiles to children's faces all around the globe. Everybody, please welcome, welcome, welcome to Chronicles, the amazing and wonderful Noel McNeil. Hello,
4: everybody out there.
0: Absolute pleasure to have you here, sir.
4: Thanks for tuning in. Now, the disclaimer, with that really long intro, it's just telling you folks that he's old. He's been doing this a really long time. And now you're about to hear an old man babble about diggling... You know, wheeling dolls and just <laughs> uh, sit back, pop over the Bonningtons, and we'll just get started. It's just, is Bonnington still around? I don't know. Is it? You tell me. I was just no. like. It's like, I was like the last time I had it, I think it was like 1998
2: or so. I don't know. Like, That's, I might have to investigate that because I used to really like, but I don't know why. But I used to really
4: like it. I haven't seen it for a very long time. Wow egg. Okay, well, see, that's your next, that's your next podcast. That's your next- <laughs> yeah, get
2: the creator of Boddington's. Get the Boddington's <laughs> Brewery on here.
0: <laughs> it.
4: it's- Tom's this- Boddington's Review. <laughs> <It's-> studs Chronicles.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway,
2: no. Uh, how has the last year been for you, my friend?
4: Well, let's see. What has happened in the last year? Or more accurately, what has not happened <laughs> well, in the last year? <laughs> because a whole of a heck of a lot has not happened. Um, there was like so many plans are going to happen. I've been doing a lot here in um, the States and I was hoping to maybe even get over to the UK. I've been doing more uh, Comic-Con appearances. And so I had a couple plans. Like that was gone. Um, we were about to do the uh, Sesame street movie here last year. And that, that went away. No. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so, but basically aside from work, like um, at my, My son, my wife here, we were safe, we were fine, we pretty much I pretty much if you're if we're on the other side, like that's pretty much the best news there is. Like we made it through, no one got sick, we're all fully vaccinated, we're fine, and it's actually really kind of weird going back out into the world. Like for two straight nights I had friends who were in town. And pandemic aside, I haven't seen these guys in years. And we went out and it was just Kind of like it was amazing and also kind of weird, just like mm. seeing people outside and being in a restaurant and actually holding menus and people around. It. And the servers were still wearing masks and all, but it was just like they didn't take our temperature coming in. They, they just like seated us and we sat down. It was like, okay, well, I never thought we'd be this far on the other side this soon. So, but yeah, it's like I've been doing like little things like at home like last year because i was i was here i was like well let's see what do i do now and then i thought oh i'll start i'll start my own podcast so i started this podcast called noel's book nook and it's basically why i just like read chapters from classic public domain stories i don't have to pay for so i just like read some beatrix potter um read a chapter from frankenstein from the wizard of oz from like all kinds of, of, of books so it's just like Okay, that was fun. So, and now we're getting back into things. So, yeah, I'm looking looking forward to actually being busy again, which is starting to happen. Good. That's, That's really good. I,
2: I'm so pleased that everyone was okay and you got through it all right and, and that you're fully vaccinated, which is absolutely excellent. Um, you actually answered one of my questions already about the podcast. So, um, yeah, what made you want to do that sort of thing? Was it just because you thought – because you've got an absolutely stunning voice? Yeah. Oh, so. uh, Oh well,
1: come on, no. Let's, let's yeah. be real
4: here. Oh, <laughs> for <I'm> sure. <laughs> no, it's was actually. I'm. I'm. Well, one of one of the things that happened last year, since I was at home, um, my son, who's 16, going on 42, he said, that, uh, <laughs> "Dad, it's like you should go on TikTok," and I said, "What's a TikTok?" And after a 30-second, extremely patronizing explanation, he said, yeah, and you should use your, your bear puppet. Now, I have this puppet of bear, because bear was a what's called a full-body puppet. I wore him. I was inside him. So this is like a puppet of a puppet that was made for me by a, a friend of mine, uh, James Voital, Jr., and he's excellent. In fact, he was one of the builders of bear. So he made me this sort of kind of like if Bear got stuck in the dryer and just kind of shrank down a little bit. So <laughs> it's like a hair puppet version of him. Yeah. And he said, You should use your bear. I was like, Why? It's like millennials, millennials grew up with Bear. They'd be all over it. <laughs> and I was like, Really? So I did this quick little intro with like me and Bear saying, Hey, we're on TikTok now. And we're going to have a lot of fun. I was shocked at just like the numbers. Popping up like every few seconds, like you know, 50 people, 75, 125, 324, a uh, thousand. It's like it just kept going on and on. It's like I couldn't believe it. So, what really helped last year was doing these little videos and putting them up because people were isolated, people were home. Um, and so having their like childhood friend like be there again, in fact, so many uh, kids. Uh, lost their high school and you know college graduations formally. So I did this little video where I made a little mortarboard for Bear and a little kind of like graduation outfit and had him, you know, congratulate the the graduates of twenty twenty. And as you travel through life, remember one thing he sniffs the camera and says, You're still smelling really good. And just the outpouring of people like, Oh my God, it's like you started my childhood and now you're helping me start my adulthood thing. It just went on and on. So one of the things I discovered one day was that the Royal Shakespeare Company was celebrating uh, the birth of William Shakespeare, which is also by sheer coincidence, the day he died. So <laughs> you both. And so they had people like from all over the world, celebrities and non-celebrities just read like little pieces of Shakespeare. So Bear did one where I had him read the last couple of lines from Midsummer Night's Dream, what that puck says. And so um, I did that. So then, that, that made me think like, oh, well, maybe people would like to, like, hear, you know, bear, like, read stories. And so because he, he and I have voices that sound similar. And so that's why I, uh, I started the podcast. And then, like, doing the other TikTok stuffs actually been really fun, too. It's just, like, just incredible how people just, like, just responded to it. So yes. I don't know if you guys are on the TikTok, but it's, I am. it's worth checking out.
0: <laughs> I, am, yeah. I, I, I think it's great, to be honest. Like people have used it, especially during this pandemic, to just use their creativity so much. It yeah. is Insane the amount of stuff people have done. I I genuinely quite like. Obviously, you get a lot of idiots on there, but oh yeah, you know, <laughs> but it, well, people that have actually used it for good and have actually like embraced their creativity.
4: It's incredible to see. Oh yeah, it's a, it, it truly does run the gamut from like like endearing, sweet, funny, poignant to just why did you think this was a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> someone should have stopped you <laughs> put down the phone <laughs> go read a book it's like yeah so it just runs the gamut yeah <laughs> but i like it it's like it's it's really fun so good fun I, yeah I puts i put stuff up there so yeah so it was like that was the inspiration for like the the little podcast was bear reading shakespeare
0: <laughs> but just going back quickly to what you're saying about the did you say they were going to make a sesame
4: street movie yes Yes, they're gonna make another Sesame Street movie. Yes. That's amazing. And uh, yeah, they're gonna do it and it was gonna do it conveniently here in New York, because I live in New York. It was in right here in my backyard and it got postponed. So I believe we're going to be doing it maybe next year. I'm not sure oh, yet. So that's- but it got postponed. So yeah, things are things are starting to come back. But yes. And Sesame Street just wrapped season fifty two. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Incredible. Oh, yeah. You guys had your own version of Sesame Street. You had the, the what was it? The the Dorchester? What was it? The, the Furchester. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, had the Furchester. Welcome yeah. to the yeah. Furchester. because with Sesame Street, because I've worked with the, the international team, the co-productions, that's what they're called when they're outside of the U.S. And so each co-production caters to that particular country and that particular culture. So some of the countries, like like India and Mexico, and um, Germany, they have like a street set, and they have characters designed for, for for their street set. But other countries and other cultures, that's not thing. Like for instance, there was um, Ireland had Sesame Tree, and it took place in a tree. It was more like a magazine show with like inserts that mm-hmm. were just like put in. And then for you guys in the UK. The Furchester was designed because you guys like farce and comedy and kind of like a music hall kind of sense. And so it's kinda of like, you know, like the Muppet Show meets Faulty Towers and that was the the Furchester.
0: So I think I did actually describe it once as a kid's version of Faulty Towers. Yeah. yeah, it, it yeah really exactly. I had no idea that was made for the UK. I just assumed it was a
4: No, it was that was specifically for-, for, for you guys, because it's just like just having a regular Sesame Street, they want they really do try to make it unique for each specific uh culture and then of course for each culture they have their own specific uh curriculums like um the sesame uh for japan was and it is always the basic like you know the numbers the alphabet that kind of thing but then for japan it was about empathy and recognizing your feelings and the feelings of others Um, for india it was about hygiene and clean water and where to find clean water and how to make clean water. And for uh, Palestine, it was about uh, identity, like who you are as a person, in your family, in your community, in your country. And so, and I've had the opportunity to visit like some of these countries and it's just been amazing just right. meeting these people and going to experiencing something like so unique and working with the writers, especially because here in the U S you know, with Jim Henson and Sesame and the Muppet show, you know, we have the, the, there's this, this uh, a, Yiddish word called shtick and it's just like you know it's a form of humor and so you know I grew up with shtick but not every country did so sometimes you have to tell them like it has to be funny first and then you can always stick in a lesson there but for some of them it's just like it was really like kind of like you really have to alter your mindset because it's for kids and it's supposed to be funny, <laughs> because it's puppets, <laughs> and puppets can do things people can't do. So, so, it takes some people get it, some people don't, but in the end, it somehow all works out. So,
2: I didn't know that. Be, it must be so difficult sometimes to write for children, like shows, especially this day and age now, where the culture has changed so much. Now, it's almost like you're like oh, well, that was patronizing. Oh, but you said you know, and I don't, I don't know. I try to explain myself, but. I think back in the back in the '90s, you could pretty much just like write anything, teach anything. But now it's like you have to be so careful with what you say, what you do, you know, without patronizing people. You've got to aim it at that direct age group rather than
4: broader. Well, it's like yeah, I mean, with with Sesame Street, it was always like, um, you know, it's like it's for kids. So no matter what you're trying to teach, you're entertaining children first. Yeah, and that Sesame Street's a a safe haven. It's you know, it's like you can go, you can watch, it's fine. It was interesting when um, I was in um, uh, Palestine and they were re-gearing up their Sesame Street and they brought in new writers and there was this uh, one young guy and through the translator we were talking back and forth. And so I explained to them like the rules of like, you know, for Sesame and just like, you know, first, it's funny. Second rule, it's funny. Third rule, it's funny. <laughs> and I showed, them, I showed them examples of all that. And so I gave them an assignment like, okay, now... Tomorrow, come in and pitch an idea. And who knows? We might even use it on you know, your, your, your Sesame. And so this one young guy came in the next day and pitched this idea for, for their um, Palestinian Sesame Street. So one side, it's a split screen. One side, there's the there's Sesame Street Palestinian puppet who answers the phone. And on the other side is the puppet, their friend, who is in the Gaza Strip. And the Sesame Puppet called his friend in the Gaza Strip because he was concerned and worried about him. And it's hard for the Gaza Strip Muppet to hear the Sesame Muppet because of all the bombing and the gunfire in the background. Oh, wait. So then the Sesame Puppet wants to help their friend feel better. So like, writes a little note and like send, ties it to a, uh, a dove and like lets it fly out of frame. A second later, you hear gunshot and on the Gaza side, you're supposed to see feathers floating down onto the head of the Palestinian Muppet. What the the hell? And through the interpreter, I said, a world of no. (laughs) I said, I understand what you're doing. I appreciate what you're doing but this is not the way to do it. And so I said, but it's still an interesting idea. So I posed it to everybody else like, okay, how could we make this idea work for for Sesame Street? And so after working it through, it worked it out. And they eventually actually did use it for, for the show where the two Muppets see their human friend who's very sad and the human friend says, I haven't heard from my friend who's in the Gaza Strip and I'm worried. So the two Muppets decide, okay, we're gonna help him feel better. And so they try and think of comical things to do. Like they dress up as clowns. They try to do balloon animals, which keep flying out of their fingers. Um, and it's basically physical stuff that puppets can do, because having a puppet just stand and talk is like just boring. So it was like funny puppet shtick. And so the friend smiles and says, thank you. I really appreciate what you're trying to do. And in fact, you gave me an idea. So they take one of the balloons that they were trying to make an animal of, and they blow it up. They draw a picture of all three of them. They tie it to the blue, and then I fly, and you see it fly over the wall of their sesame towards the area where the direction the Gaza Strip would be. And the the friend feels better. And through the interpreter, the uh, young writer says, but you watered it down. And through the interpreter, I said, you're damn right I watered it down. It's Sesame Street. (laughs) Needless to say, he did not last. (laughs) I was going to say, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't for his show. (laughs) Wow. Just, just. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, and other things like um, when they were re-damping, redoing the Sesame Street in India, um, they have a a street segment. Then they have a segment with Elmo and and a, a last segment with Grover. And it's all puppeteers, Indian puppeteers, so they're, they're speaking Hindi. They're actually, you don't have to dub it, they're actually creating their own content and, and they're dubbing it. And Grover and his uh, little monkey friend are in the real world, having adventures. And so they were really, really concerned about how to get Grover right. It was like so focused, like, how do we get Grover right? <laughs> and so I uh, emailed Eric Jacobson, who's Grover now, and asked his advice, and he gave him the piece of advice that Grover is never wrong. He will never admit he can't do something. Even if it's a complete failure, he will go at it full steam because he's trying. And he never uses contractions. He's very formal. It's very like precise. He's all about the rules, all about how things are done. And it's like, even if it fails, it's like he followed the rules. Because he's very formal and punctual. And all the writers were like, oh, he's Punjabi. <laughs> 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 but I guess for them, there's like there's a sort of person who's just sort of very like, and I get very like, just like follow the rules. And just like so, but that, that that's how they got it. That's how they were able to, to do it. So it's very interesting, like working with the working with the different cultures and the different co-productions. And it's been so rewarding. Plus I get great free travel. So well, back in the day. Oh. I, Right. Now with Zoom calls, it's like, uh... <laughs> it was like, oh, well, it was good while it lasted. I'm sure it'll come back.
2: I'm sure oh. we'll be able to travel again. I'm sure, you know, there might not be any sort of way it was, but it'd be some sort of normal, I imagine.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, even before the pandemic, it was just like, you know, budgetary cuts. So I remember like talking to a team, you know, I was in the office in New York and they were in their office and um, I, th- I think it was India again. It was just like catching up with them but it was like a zoom call so it was like oh, okay so but we'll hopefully get to travel again so because yeah, they're always coming up with co-productions somehow Doesn't
0: but i wanted to go back to your start so from what i gathered from my research you got your career started with pbs working with frank oz and jim henson yes but how did you get to that point working with these greats Oh, yeah.
4: great right. is uh, a bloody understatement.
0: <laughs> yeah. like, you
4: know, you know, like, you know yeah, I worked with, you know, Kermit and Piggy and, you know, Yoda. Yeah. And, Yoda, yeah. <laughs> and Ernie. Yeah. So, uh, well, when I was a kid, there were much more TV shows on that had puppets here in the United States. There was uh, Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop. There was a show called Captain Kangaroo. We had uh, Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And... Um, there was an ventriloquist named Paul Winchell, who later went on to become the voice of Tigger, the original voice of Tigger with the Disney movies. And also Paul Winchell helped invent the artificial heart. So Paul oh. save lives, yes. <laughs> Google it, kids. And uh, so he Tigger created the artificial heart.
0: Yes,
3: yes. That's it's amazing. Here. Wow, yeah. that is incredible.
4: So yeah, <laughs> so then and so when I was like about know, like six or seven years old, um, on a Sunday night, there was this half-hour show on our local PBS station, and they were talking about this brand-new show that was coming on the next morning. And it was called Sesame Street. And it was hosted, this show was hosted by two Muppets, who I'd never seen that type of puppet before, because puppets were usually like made of wood or a sock, like a lamb chop. But these were like soft-looking, but their mouths opened and closed when they talked. And one had the shape of a football, and the other one was kind of like a banana. And their names were Ernie and Bert. And they showed scenes from Sesame Street, and when I saw Big Bird, I was like floored because this was a puppet that actually walk around mm. and talk. So then, during the height of the Muppet Show, uh, that's when I was in high school, and I started thinking what I wanted to do for a living. And I thought, well, this guy Jim Henson's making a living from this, and all these people around him are making a living. Maybe I could be a puppeteer. So I did research the old-fashioned way. I went to the library. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like a bookstore, but it's free. And <laughs> I went through all the research, and at that time, there were two schools that I found. One was in the University of Connecticut in Storrs, Connecticut, which to this day, you can take a four-year puppetry program and get your master's degree in puppetry if you want to. And the other one I looked into was here in New York in Brooklyn, and it's called Pratt Institute. And I realized the word Pratt means something different over there, but this (laughs) happened to be named after a guy whose last name was Pratt. So, (laughs) And within Pratt, they had a theater department and within the theater department, they had a puppetry course. And so I had all the information laid out. Now I was going to present this to my mom. Now my mom was a single mom. My uh, dad, her husband walked out on us when I was 18 months old and ran away with a woman he was dating and uh, never told her about us. And uh, so she was taking care of me, she was taking care of her mom and her uncle We all lived in the the same apartment. And she was holding out two jobs to send me to private school because I grew up in central Harlem. So at that time, the choices of uh, high school was the school where the kid got shot or the school where the kid got stabbed. So she sent me downtown to a school called Rhodes prep school and so single mom holding down two jobs sending the kid to private school who says i know what i want to be a puppeteer and i just <laughs> brace myself <laughs> <laughs> just like okay and she looked at me and she said okay what do we have to do oh
0: that's oh, amazing
4: oh uh, uh, and that just it threw me off like oh uh well there's this school there's this school and she said Okay, what do we have to do? Well, this school needs this by then, this school needs this by then. Okay, what do we have to do? That's all she kept saying, guys, over and over. What do we have to do? Because she, she was a private secretary. And she says, I've been typing the same letter for the past 20 years. So you can always get a job, Noel. Get a career. And I was like, that's what, that's what it is. And she said, and for some reason, you want to be a lumberjack tomorrow, Wolf. Figure out how to do that. So so I lucked out by having somebody just so supportive of me right from the get-go. So I ended up, in case you're wondering, I ended up going to Pratt and becoming a theater major and taking a puppetry course, which was taught by sheer coincidence, one of the designers and builders for the Muppets. In fact, he designed and built Big Bird and Snuffy. And his name was... Kermit Love, and no, the frog was not named after him. It's just <laughs> one of those freaky coincidences that <laughs> destiny likes to play with you. And so I ended up going to his classes and then working uh, summer part-time at his workshop, refeathering Big Bird during the summer with no air conditioning. So that was oh. fun. And, uh, and then his assistant, before I graduated, his assistant, on Sesame Street quit and he offered me the job to be his assistant on Sesame Street. So I just like snapped it up and so I just learned like television production being what's called the wrangler, the person who takes care of the puppets and makes sure that they're camera ready and everything is all set up for the puppeteers. And so I got to sit on like production meetings and go over the scripts and see the setup. So I really had this great education in television puppetry before I started actually puppeteering for the show and that's where I met Jim and that's where I met Frank as well as Jerry Nelson and Richard Hunt and Fran Grill and my mentor Carol Spinney who was a big Big bird and also Oscar so and then the rest is history I just kept like doing the 80s was uh, was great because it was also like a lot of commercials that had puppets in it that Kermit was involved in and then um, other commercials were puppets and yeah just like Kept going from there. But that's how it started. It started off with my mom just saying, you can always get a job, get a career. She sounds like it. an absolute hero. She, she, she was. She, she was great. She, she was so proud of me. And she would even be more proud of my, my son because he's um, a vocal major at a performing arts high school. Oh. And he's like a tall, handsome young man that uh, she, she wants. Pretty much, we, we my wife and I could not have brought home a, a girl because she just kept say, just saying, you know, my grandson, it's going to be a boy. I know it's going to be a boy. <laughs> 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 my grandson, I know, of course. It's like, <laughs> I know, absolutely. And she also would be still proud of my wife, who is uh, Susan Elia McNeil, the author of The Maggie Hope Mysteries, available on Amazon UK. <laughs> and your independent <laughs> bookseller with book number 10, The Hollywood Spy, coming July 6th. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now she can move away from the corner of the room with a gun.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Love
4: you too. Okay. So, <laughs> so. I got the infomercial parts and down to an art form now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what was the first project you worked on? Can you remember?
4: Um, well, the first thing I, first thing I did was um, when I started puppeteering on on um, Sesame was I actually did. Um, the the first Sesame Street movie, which was called Follow That Bird. And so, which is a great movie and it still holds up. And I'm the character that kind of starts sets the story off. It's a uh, Madam Chairbird of the Feathered Friends Society, this do-gooder society that believes that birds need to be with their own kind, proper bird family. So so I get like the, the character that starts it off. And then I was also um wrangling and like doubling for Carol. But my first character that actually like created or starred for was a show here in the States was on Nickelodeon. It was called Eureka's castle. And I don't know if you have Paramount plus over there now, but we don't know. We don't. Ah, shoot. Because um, now they're actually rerunning those episodes of Eureka's castle, which we did back in like 1989 and and 90. And it took place in this um, castle that was actually a music box for a giant. And my character was Magellan, who was like a a three-year-old dragon but he was like the size of Big Bird because he's a dragon. And so that was like my first like starring role that I got to do. And I, because he was pretty much similar to Big Bird, I just applied everything that Carol ever taught me because I would do Big Bird for the parades and for photo shoots and also uh, scenes in the background if Big Bird and Oscar had to be in the same scene at the same time. Actually, there's this great song on um, YouTube and it's, Big Bird's grandmother singing to Big Bird. So Carol did the voice of Granny Bird and recorded the song, but I'm lip syncing to it in another bird. So that was really, that was really special, so.
2: That's awesome. It's incredible just being able to be, like, be in characters. I don't know if I love it, but I saying it's fantastic.
4: Sorry, I'm getting blown away <laughs> by these stories. It's like, yeah. <laughs> tell me more, no. me more. sorry. <laughs> tell, <me a> <laughs> tell me, tell me more. It's like, yeah. It's just like it's like all these. Like, I'm I'm really proud of like how my career like has taken me in all these directions. In fact, last last time I was in the UK was in uh, 2018 when the I got to be with the Muppets. I mean, we did the Muppets take the O2, which was oh, like, I wanted to go to that so bad. a, a fun, a fun <sighs> adventure, which was just amazing. It's just like. And because we did the Hollywood Bowl, which is really nice, and it sold out. But the Hollywood Bowl is not the same size as the O2. And so we walked in as it was still like setting up the set that day, and we're just looking around like it's, like, it's like, this is really big. Like, are we gonna fill this place up? And we were shocked that we did. In fact, the Saturday, we did a Friday night show, Saturday matinee, and a Saturday night uh, show. And we were shocked that. The Saturday matinee show just completely sold out to the point where they had to like open up the seating at the very top because it just sold out. It was unbelievable. And there's this, this part at the end, which you can see on YouTube, where um the Muppets and the guest stars are singing um Rainbow Connection together. And then everybody just like takes their phones and like puts on like, you know, like a light and just, or like a, a candle and just hold it up. So you just look out from where we were on the stage and you just see these, like, this sea of like stars just twinkling oh. through all of these hundreds and hundreds of people. It was so emotional. Then what was great after that, after we did the show, we all like split off to like all points of Europe. <laughs> 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 so it was like, great, like we worked for a little while. Then we just went off and played. So my wife uh, uh, and my son and I, we went, we went up to Scotland to Erisag, to Erisag House, because thanks to the magic of Facebook and Ancestry.com, I found out that MacNeil is not a slave name. It's an actual legit Scottish name because James MacNeil emigrated from Scotland in the 19th century, ended up somehow in Virginia, met a woman named Pothinia, married her. One of the kids was James Jr. Who then ended up in New Orleans met, met a Creole woman named Pelomina, and started their family. And it's like went off from there. But it's like I'm pretty proud that like I'm actually like part Scottish. So I was like, that was cool. So I figured, <laughs> I figured this is the first time a MacNeils actually set foot back <laughs> in Scotland. <laughs> Incredible! That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. So it was like it was, and, and I love Scotland. We we all did. My, my wife had been there before she had done research for one of her, her books that texty takes place uh, in Erisig. The Erisig house was used as a training ground for SOE agents. And so her character, Maggie Hope, is uh, one of the instructors at the SOE um, campgrounds there. And so she said, it's a beautiful house. And so we went up to uh, and, and and stayed there. And it was just like, gorgeous and so, I just want to go back to Scotland like so badly. So, I feel that. Unbelievable. Yeah, I absolutely feel that. Right. We, we stayed overnight in Glasgow and then she said, next time we go, we have to go to Edinburgh. we got to go to Edinburgh. She's You've not like, been to Edinburgh yet? Eh. It was, what? Have you not been to Edinburgh yet? <laughs> no, not yet. No, no. no oh. She has. She said. She she told me because I'm like such a, a Disney geek. She said, "You'll love it. It's like the Scottish Disneyland. It's like they have a main street. There's a castle at the end of it. Yeah. You can ride a trolley. Yeah. <laughs> you can go to the Guinness factory and there's a tour. You get. It's like it's like the haunted mansion, but with alcohol. You'll love it. It's just, like... <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's just a beautiful city. It's so yeah. historic, and there's just so yeah. much to see and do there. It's beautiful. I love it. I can't wait to go back.
4: I know. We can. We're just like." we're, we're hope, maybe we're hoping maybe like next summer it's like things will be like pulled together like so we can like go back so it's like I think it's kids come on come on the yes I've just clicked
0: on while we're talking here you you just saying your first job you know you were working with Carol and on Sesame Street and you're still working on Sesame Street now. so basically since you started you've worked on Sesame Street your entire I yeah
4: team. I started Sesame in the fall of 1982. So I've been like off and on with Sesame Street. In fact, I just this past um, winter, I uh, not only puppeteered, but I got to direct three inserts um, uh, for, for the YouTube channel. On because um, Sesame has a, a YouTube channel, and so I directed. And then because of the restrictions of COVID in the little studio, they asked, "No, would you mind puppeteering too?" I was like, "Sure, double duty, double paycheck. Sure, I'll do that." So I got to direct and also to puppeteer. So you go to YouTube and it's like Sesame wheels on the bus. And there's like three segments, one with uh, on a farm on a bus and another with uh, a fire truck. And it was like, it was really fun. It was really cool. So it was, yeah, I'm on like off and on. Like, like Sesame. Does, does
2: that it's mean amazing. that you like shouted at yourself? If you got it, make you messed up.
4: <laughs> I <was> like, no. <laughs> <laughs> not again. No, no, not again. No, no. <laughs> I like, have to slap myself. It's like, actually, it's like, it's like, it's like, the very first time i directed myself was actually uh, i got to direct an episode of bear and so they had to deliberately write it so that bear wasn't in all the scenes because the show bear was in like 99.9 percent of the scenes so for this one it's called Vol- volunteers of woodland valley and bear's going to go off and volunteer in the community but then he hurts his foot so then all the other characters, Pip and Pop and Tutter and Trilo, they have to go and take his place, so Bear's back at the house. So then with him kind of incapacitated, then I could actually free up and actually direct the other characters who were in the library and also at the, the fire station. But then it was like, you know, doing scenes as Bear, like with all the characters, like, yeah, Bear, that's great. Yay, yes, it is. Ha, 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 ha. And then Bear would just look at the camera and say, and cut. <laughs> i just got this image of you just ripping the head off i'm just
1: going no, <laughs> pa, no! actually i don't know who did. it was like it was
4: like in the, in the local paper here like daily news like during the height of it in the late 90s but somebody like of uh, uh, drew this like political cartoon and it was like the outside of the house with these like um set camera lights on it and there's a bear outside the house holding a script and it's like, and in one hand, and in the other hand, another paw is like bear's head. But inside, instead of being a person like me, it's another bear, <laughs> like pulled off this costume bear. And he's kind of like looking, kind of skeptically at the script, like what he has to read now. So <laughs> it was really funny. I have it somewhere, there's like a copy of it somewhere. But it was like really funny. So it's like okay. <laughs> Oh, I'm fantastic. sure it's going to be a bit on Saturday Night Live at some point. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, also, I read
2: that um, you did the face puppetry for Raphael in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, which is one of my favorite films ever as a kid and now. Because like, I generally, when I read it, I thought, oh my God, you actually were Raphael. But no, I just said, apparently it was all the. Fa-. So how does that work then? Because if, if you're not in the character itself, how are you maneuvering the face? It takes-
4: it takes about, well, for like, for the turtle movie, especially for the third one I worked on, it takes five people to do one turtle. So there's the actor yeah. side, who is Matt Hill. And then there's the puppeteer for the face. That was me. Then there's the martial artist who does all the fighting. Yeah. Then because they were riding horses and falling off. There was the stunt double. Oh, <laughs> and then geez. once all the principal photography is done, they take it back to Hollywood. And a guy sits in the chair at a booth and records his voice, over my voice so it's like five people to do this one character all, and the magic of editing to make it look seamless but yeah, yeah. I, I worked with um with matt and uh who's great he's a voice he's a voice over artist too he lives in canada and uh we were at great chemistry and so we, we could hear each other i could hear him because he had a microphone inside and i could and he could hear me uh telling him like you know in case he was getting like too near an edge, or there's a pole coming up. It's like Matt, stop! Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I've only ever
0: heard nightmare stories of those turtle suits.
4: Oh, they're they're horrifying. It's like they're 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 rubber, and inside, you know, Matt could basically just hear the gears and just <laughs> <laughs> doing the mouth and like clang 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 clang. So it's was just like it was just like you really had to like. They had to rehearse it. And then when they were absolutely ready, that's when you put the heads on. And then we would do the scene. And then if it's possible, like just do it one more time and then just pop it off because it was just so, it's like, you really can't breathe in there. And so you would come out and be like sweating, but he was such a trooper. And there's the, the great scene with um, Raphael talking to the, the little kid, Yoshi. Yeah. And, um, in, inside the hut. And we did that like, uh, a couple of times because uh matt and i really wanted to to get it right especially with like the close-up stuff and like really having because i had to like program this 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 device that was basically it's like a glorified oven mitt that has wires coming out to make the mouth open and close and then there's this other little toggle and i pre-programmed so that if i turned like the oven mitt to the left then his mouth could kind of like go up halfway or the other way. If I pull back, he could like smile. If I pull forward, he could frown and just like all these little things. So I really wanted to get like the, the articulation right, especially for, cause it was so close up when he's like, yeah. don't worry kid, nobody's going to die. It's just like, it's really got to look like his lips are actually articulating it. So, but it was fun. And we shot it in Astoria, Oregon, which is like the very topmost North corner of the state of Oregon. And apparently the mountains of Oregon kind of look like feudal Japan. So it worked out. I was going to say, you mean that wasn't really
0: filmed in like ancient Japan? Disappointed. (laughs) No, filmed not on location in ancient (laughs) Japan.
4: We had a limited budget, so we really couldn't time travel. So
0: I saw a picture on social media recently of one of those old turtle suits. Now, like after it's been worn away, it is a stuff of nightmares. So I don't know if you've seen it.
4: Oh yeah, it's, it's just like yeah, because it's rubber and rubber rocks. Yeah. So it's just like oh, yeah, it's it's just horrifying. These like, it's, it's like glass eyes and like these teeth exposed, There's just like chunks of the rubber flesh have flaked off and fallen off. It's, it's a horror it's movie. Horrifying, <laughs> it really is.
0: Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, obviously, being a puppeteer, there's there's times where you've, you've operated puppets for bigger, like, well-known characters, for example, I've seen you operate Rabbit in the Book of Pooh. You mentioned Big Bird before, and um, Statler from Statler and Waldorf, I saw you did that on Jimmy Fallon, was it?
4: Oh, no, uh, Saturday Night Live. Saturday
0: Night Live, sorry. Yeah, we did that. that is, there, like, is there, like, a certain pressure to operate in these characters? Because all these characters have got their own mannerisms that people recognise and stuff like that. Is there like a pressure to get in that right? So Well, people... it's,
4: well it's like because of uh, especially like TV or then film puppetry. It's like it's not like theatrical puppetry where you're allowed to be a little more broad and play to the cheap seats. Because TV and the film is so intimate, you really have to be very precise with your movement and controlled, so that you're making sure that this little magic trick works, so that. The characters are imitating you know, human life, because that, that's a trick. It's like if you see a character, you know, like Kermit, standing and talking and you know kind of grimacing in his face because he's a little sad or like laughing, it's like it's something that you can relate to, because you know, you talk, you laugh, you grimace from time to time. But if it's really floppy and flappy, there's no connection to it. It's just a doll that's just flopping around. But to really make it look like it's, it's alive to make you believe that this character is actually going through this situation and emotionally making you feel for them. That's the, the secret of it. So we're like, for me with Bear, I would always, for myself, keep it fresh because Bear, Bear was the ultimate caretaker. He, like, he never lost his patience. He always had time. He was like the ultimate parent, babysitter, like guardian. It's like, he was like perfect. And so to keep it fresh, I would always, we always, like, from the beginning of each show, Bear would open the door. So I would have this mindset inside that as soon as I open the door and look at the camera, like, that's a kid who has never seen this show before. He has no idea who this character is. She has no comprehension of what's going on. So that's the kid at home that I'm playing to. And inside I'm, like, smiling. It's like, saying the lines smiling because you can just like you can kind of hear the difference when you say something and then when you smile and say something there's a difference to it so it's mm. just like keeping it up but then of course you know bear could be a little cheeky sometimes like somebody commented on how bear would often like just do like a little slow burn the camera when like you know walking in and pip and pop have pretty much caused chaos and they're trying to explain, and Bear would kind of very slowly kind of look at the camera to that parent at home and kind of like <laughs> narrow the eyes with that sort of like simpatico, like, you know what I'm going through, right? <laughs> and turn back to the otters and deal with that. But he would always have like connection with the parents at home, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was like with Bear, I was just like that little mindset, And then, of course, when he was uh, out in the real world, when he was on like the game show Hollywood Squares, he could be a little more cheeky, so he could because that was also what was nice about Bear was he was a grown up. So many puppet characters are kids or very young in age. Bear was a grown up, so he could get away with saying like a couple of little things, like you know, like on Hollywood Squares again. You can watch it on YouTube. Um, the M C Tom Bergeron was like Bear, rats could do this longer. Then camels, do what? And Bear said, stay in law school. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So like, you know, things like that. So it's like, and just like, you know, and I would, and that was great with Hollywood Squares. They would give you the questions. And like the first two times, um, there's like three rounds. The first two rounds, you have time to make a joke and all that. So I would come up with these jokes. Then the third time they would ask you, just please just like answer the question. And if you know the answer, that's fine. But if you want to bluff, go right ahead. So they didn't tell you to bluff, but if they said, if you wanted to bluff, Oh, you don't know the answer bluff with conviction. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So sometimes it's like, sometimes I knew the answer. Sometimes I didn't know the answer, but I bluffed with conviction. (laughs) (laughs) So you were a script writer for
2: in the House* as well. Yeah. Um, and also the mag- uh, the magic school bus as well yeah. so I read, which I used to absolutely love that as a kid as well. Yeah. No, we've done everything.
4: So many, <laughs> and so many pies. <laughs> I'm I'm proud to say my resume is most people's childhood memory. So it's like if you were allowed to watch way too much television as a child, you probably saw yeah. something I was involved yeah. in. So, <laughs> so yeah, so with the magic school bus, that was um for writing for animation and it was really interesting because you know, with, with a script, it's like, you know, like for Bear, like like door opens, like Bear greets the viewer. It's like, hi, like, come on in. Bear turns inside, he stops, he stops. So it's like, it's pretty like broad in general. But with animation, you have to write everything. It's like, you know, like fade in, like wide shot the school, like push in towards the school, dissolve to classroom, overhead shot of like, cut to, and you have to put, you have to put in all of it so that the animators could just look at it and then just do exactly what you've written, which was really like new for me. So it was like there was no interpretation like, like that's why I wanted to look and that's how they did it. So I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. So, And the other thing was with the school bus, they would have the science team come in and they would, we would do experiments with them. About that particular topic, or they would show us demonstrations with that topic, so that was that was fun too, because they wanted to instill in us the excitement of like you know a kid discovering this for the first time, so then we could then write it in the, in that same That's kind great. of uh spirit, so it was fun, so I wrote two I wrote uh, about the life cycle of stars, and then one about uh animals that have um, ended up living in the city like wild animals so
2: that, that was cool. so cool. So obviously puppetry was your first step, but do you ever think you get to like script writing or directing or, you know, anything like yeah. that at all?
4: Script writing started with uh, Eureka's Castle because the first season that we did it, the, the head writer really didn't get puppet humor all that much. It was, <laughs> and so we would start to like, you know, suggest things at the read through or we could say this or we could do this. Then we realized like sometimes they just wouldn't get it. So that's when the puppeteers and I decided, you know what, we're not going to suggest it. We're just going to do it on camera. So we'd, sometimes we even rehearse it as scripted, but then once the camera was rolling, then we would just do our own thing, <laughs> which was <laughs> so much better. <laughs> and don't feel sorry for the, the head writer. The head writer was, his, his screen credit was Jovial Bob Stein. Well, Jovial is actually this guy named R.L. Stein. And I hear he's written a whole bunch of books, called Goosebumps and Fear Street. So he's fine. <laughs> so <laughs> Holy shit. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But then, yeah, but then for the second season, that's when I asked, can I just write for the show? And I they let me do it. So I wrote for them. And then the same thing happened with another show I wrote for, um, another show I puppeteered on for PBS was called The Puzzle Place. And I wrote for that show as well. So, so by the time we did Bear, by the second season, it was like, can I write? <laughs> I got a sense of this now. Can I write this? You know what, guys? I'll just do it all.
2: I don't need any of you guys. I'll just do it myself.
4: Uh, well, what was great was, like, in the beginning, like, with, with Bear, when he would do his, like, you know, we're going to talk about, like, communication. And we would talk about, you know, uh, like, whatever the, the theme was. And then he would do his dance. Basically, they left it up to me. Like, the director would say, okay, "No, what are you thinking? It's like, well... You know, we could start here, and then I could go to the kitchen and come back to the foyer, like, and we could end up here. And they were like, "Okay." So I could—I pretty much made up my own choreography, and then they just like followed me along for my suggestion, like we start here, and all that. So, yeah, and then that's when, by the fourth season, I asked, like, "Can I direct an episode?" And they actually said yes. So it was actually worked out. Can I just buy all the rights to this show? (laughs) (laughs) It's like it's so it's so frustrating because people keep asking me. It's like, no, you should put Bear on Disney Plus. Like, no, when's Bear gonna be on Disney Plus? Like, folks, if I had any control over this, it never would have left. So please stop asking me. I am not the man with the power. (laughs) Like, yeah. Contact Disney Plus. You know who's a big fan of Bear? Once Upon a Time, Bob Iger. Like contact him. Maybe he has some pull still. I was going to say he probably
0: has some pull. Yeah, yeah
4: exactly. Get him to put it on. <laughs> I'll
0: just cross that question out then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we probably should talk a, a, like a bit more detail about Bear. So how did this show come about? Like, did did you have to audition
4: for it, or were, did they approach you about it? Yeah, that's like I to Audition for it. Actually, it came about because um, there was a deal that Jim did with the Walt Disney Company. And then, unfortunately, Jim died. So to try and salvage the deal, it was decided that the Jim Henson Company would come up with like three things for the Walt Disney Company. So the first project they did for the Walt Disney Company, they decided a primetime series with puppets. And that was the series Dinosaurs.
3: Oh,
4: yes. Yes, and that was it. The second one, a couple of years later, was called Alien in the Family. And it was, yeah, it was like, it's like yeah, it was like a human parent and an alien parent. And it's like, the, you know, the mixing, kind of like the Brady Bunch meets ALF kind of thing, like okay. mixing, mixing it together. So then the last obligation was Another show, but instead of doing it for primetime, they thought, let's do something for the new like extension of the Disney Channel called Playhouse Disney, or Disney Playhouse. They still hadn't decided the name. And so they hired Mitchell Kriegman uh, who came in and pretty much like looked through the files, like, is there anything that like from these old files that never got developed really? And there was this thing about like a house and like a bear. And so he just took that and just like went off with it and just like developed the show. And originally the house was supposed to, in this idea, the house was kind of alive, but he just decided to just have more puppet characters. And so I actually went in and auditioned for another show that morning. And then I came back home and then just before, like a little after four o'clock, that's when I got a phone call and they said, no, could you come back? There's this other character we'd like you to audition for. And so I was like, sure, I'll do it. And so they uh, faxed, that's right, kids, faxed me besides <laughs> <and> illustrations. <laughs> this was 1997. So they faxed me. And in the cab, I'm looking, going like, oh, well, this looks cute. is this, the this sketch of this bear and these little critters around him and the moon that has this face behind him. I was like, oh, okay. And I look at it. And then I uh, walk in. And the executive at the time, Peter Van Roden, said, use your own voice. And I was like, what? Use your own voice. It's like, it's like, but, but we're the Muppets. We we don't do that. And so, but basically he was explaining to me that they wanted Bear to kind of not be like Barney because there was already this big, huge character with kind of a voice like this. It's like, they didn't want that. And pretty much all through the day, people who would come in were doing these kind of like, hi there, I'm a bear. Like, welcome to the big, they were doing all these kind of like goofy voices. So then Peter just said, use your own voice. So I was like, oh, Okay. And so at that time, before I, I was married and had a kid, I, I would call my Uncle Noel mode, so that whenever I visited a friend who had kids, I would just pretty much have this mode of like, okay, what do you want to do? You call the shots, Your rules of the game. What are we doing? How Are we having fun? And just like, that was my Uncle Noel mode inside. And I got into the prototype, which was, didn't have fur, but it had like, it still had the understructure and it's like the foam head of bear, but nothing was covered in, um, in fur. And it felt really nice. I was like, wow, this would really be cool to do. And then I realized, you know what, Noel? It's, it's quarter to five. It's like, you got the last one here. They already picked out who they want. They just want to make sure. So it's like, eh, It's like screw it. I'm just going to have fun. And so that's when I just didn't care. And that's when I just had fun. And just like one part of the script said he smells something and realizes it's the person at home. So that's when I like ran around sniffing and then, looked at the camera, and then just jammed the nose all the way in and pulled it all the way out. (laughs) And, And like, holding up a glass of water and, like, holding it up so that you could see Bear's eyes, like, through the reflection. Because I was just having fun. It's like, okay, thanks, goodbye. And I went off for the weekend. And then that Monday, just before 6 o'clock, I got the call. They said, no, we'd like you to be Bear. And I was like, what? (laughs) And, yeah, and then... That's how it started, but it started because, at the audition, I didn't care, <laughs> which is pretty much advice I tell my son too when he auditions for things at school. It's like, remember, go, have fun, and then don't care. <laughs> just let it go. Just forget about it. <laughs>
0: Probably the best thing though, because you're not full of nerves. You're just being yourself and having fun. It's a kid show, you know. You want to yeah. be relaxed and having fun while
4: you're doing it, really. Oh yeah, exactly. It's just like yeah. There was like know like you know just like just reminding each other like no it's a puppet show like let's let's all relax here let's like, like let's not take ourselves too serious I think Barry even said that one time it's like it's like keep in mind you know you're talking to a seven foot bear who's telling you you really need to relax <laughs> if this is a day we're having maybe we should all take a five <laughs> <laughs> and I think we did actually <laughs> <laughs>
0: So my favorite thing about bear like you sort of hinted at then with the nose sniffing and stuff like that, is the mannerisms you know it's the way he moved was just delightful and he put a huge smile back my mom once described bear as paul stanley from kiss in a bear suit like <laughs> the way he moves the shaking of the bum just it was was this something they said to you like we wanted to behave like is was this just all you
4: it was like well first of all the the people who built Bear, they are artists. The, the puppet makers of the Jim Henson Company, the Jim Henson Workshop here in New York, they are true artists. And so, every, and at the time I lived on the Upper East Side and the workshop was also on the Upper East Side. So every now and then I would get a call that say, no, do you, do you have any time uh, this week, later this week to come in and try fitting? And I said, I'll be there in 20 minutes. <laughs> because I just realized like, he and I are gonna have this very close relationship. Let's make this as comfortable as possible. And so I would go in and just like, just like try it on and then like do these little moves because he was supposed to be very light on his feet because he like danced and all that. And so that I could just discover like what he could do. And then, you know, Bear always had a way of telling me sometimes, don't do that. (laughs) That little twinge you're feeling right now? Yeah. Don't do that again. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So it's just like, we have found like the little middle ground, but yeah, just like, just like the way he would just move was just like great because he was very light on his, his feet. So yeah, just coming up with that. And so I would have to, so then when they would start doing live shows, like at the Disney parks and also the touring shows, I would go and I would train the guys um, and just tell them like how bear would like stand, how he would um, sit. Like for instance, bear always like, like would always crouch down on his haunches because I actually had a saddle inside so I could actually sit down because I remember the first time like for, for one very early show first season like bear like got down on his knees and suddenly it looked like a guy in a bear suit it didn't look it didn't look real anymore because it looked like I was like on my knees but the fact that I could then I figured out I could squat down and it's like oh this is much better so it just kept that illusion going but just those like like you know little rules that you have to do when you're a guy in a bear suit so <laughs>
0: I love that, though, because little kids are probably not going to notice that. But you've noticed no. it, and you're going, no, that ruins the illusion. Some kid might no. notice that. The illusion's gone, nope, 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 fix this. No. I, I love that.
4: Yeah, yeah. it's like that was, it was great, the illusion of Bear, because my wife loved the fact that you know, I would do these appearances, and all these kids were there, and you know, like these massive crowds. But then once Bear left, I could get out and get dressed. Walk out, walk by the same families, the same crowd, and nobody would have any idea who I was. So she said she liked the sort of like the Superman syndrome, where it's just like you have no idea. But unless she spoke. Well, well, no, here it's fine because it's like out of sight, out of mind. But one time when I was in the UK doing appearances, I talked to this little girl afterwards, and she said, You sound like Bear. <laughs> I was like, right, because he has an accent and it's the same accent. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> oh, no, no,
2: no, you've got it all. No. Oh, <laughs>
1: no, you're wrong, Lassie. No, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. I
0: don't no. an this, Alice, oh. at all. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, The name is Mark Neal. The accent's <laughs> real. Yeah. Here's a pound. Go get some candy
4: floss. Thank you. <laughs>
0: You mentioned that though. I was going to ask about like, you saying you do expos and conventions and stuff like that. I was yeah. wondering how often do you get asked to sing the songs, especially like goodbye moon and whatnot?
4: Yeah. It's like, actually I'm also on a, on a cameo. So I fulfill requests for people sometimes as myself, but mostly as bear for, uh, for, for, for different like congratulations or words of encouragement or birthday or mother's day father's Day, Christmas. And I got a request like today it's like for a a mom who grew up with Bear and for her two-year-old. it's like, could you like sniff? She smells like strawberry. And could you sing part of uh, Under My Blanket? Because she loves that song. And I'm looking at my phone going like, Under under Your Blanket, like, did I sing that? (laughs) (laughs) Because we did like 114 shows, like, what song is that? (laughs) So, I literally have to go on YouTube and I'm looking it up and I'm seeing myself and I'm seeing, like, yeah, that's me. That's, that sounds like me. Like, no clue. <laughs> Just gone. Because we did so many shows and so many songs. Like, I was like, wow. And then I was listening to it, I was like, okay, it's kind of coming back. But at the first glance, I was like, I have no idea what this woman's talking about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I was going to ask if you remember like the words to the songs of *Bar well, Sandy*. You can't remember half the songs; I learned the no, words no. to. And,
4: and, and people would say like a certain scene or something of dialogue, and it's like I have no clue. I called it garbage memory because I couldn't. I um, normally with with um, puppets like like with Tutter and and Pip and Pop with you know Peter Lentz and Tyler Bunch and Vicky Eibner and Jim Krupa. They could take their scripts and they could tape it up to the side of the monitor and so what you saw at home it, that's what we see that's how we puppeteer but I didn't have that luxury of taping stuff up inside there there was no room so I had to memorize everything so I had like little script like shrunk down that I'd pull out of my pocket look at it and kind of do during rehearsal and then do the scene and then once the scene was done it was just like mentally crumple it up and just throw it away and just get ready for the next one. So when I say I don't remember that, I really don't remember. I threw it away.
0: <laughs> it's got this image of you trying to find the old videos, like loading Disney Plus, like why are you on here? <laughs> <laughs> why?
4: It's sometimes hard for me too, like watching something on, like um, on YouTube, of bear, and just like, and I'm like, I'm just critiquing myself, going, oh, no, oh I could have done that better. Oh, uh, as I, like, it's like that has so past the ship to sail. Just like, just <laughs> let it go. No. Yeah. So I like, don't, don't. Yeah, so I really don't even look at the stuff anymore.
2: <laughs> Am I right in thinking that you had to have air conditioning on all the time because it was so hot in that suit?
4: The first season, they realized that they just need to crank up the air conditioning. So you would walk in the studio and it would be freezing. It would be so cold. So that by the end of the, of the first season, the wrap gift to everybody for doing a good job, was this production jacket that had embroidered on it, no, bearing in the big blue house. But it was a fleecy jacket. So this way, with your fleecy jacket, you could bring it next season because you'll know how cold <laughs> the studio is going to be. <laughs> and sure enough, season two, like everyone's walking around except for me in their fleecy jackets because it's freezing. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the suit,
0: Do you know where it is now? Please say your closet. Please say your closet. No. No.
4: (laughs) I live in New York, so we have like New York-sized closet. No, he is not. (laughs) uh, Bear and his friends are at uh, a workshop called Puppet Heap, which is in uh, New Jersey. And Puppet Heap takes care of the Muppets. So they're in charge of taking care of uh, the Muppets. It's not the Jim Henson Company anymore because um, um, back when um, the Formula One... Was owned by the, um, this German company that bought the Jim Henson Company for a very, very brief period of time. They bought them, bought them like in February. By September, the Germans had just like gone through all their money, so they were strapped for cash, and so they were looking like what assets could we sell? So at that time, Bear was so popular. Bear was co-owned by the Jim Henson Company because remember it was part of that deal. Mm, so yeah. then the Germans said, "Okay, we'll sell you Bear." And so, you know, to get some like cash, to get some money for it. And at that time, Michael Eisner was still in charge of the Walt Disney Company. And Michael Eisner had been very good friends with Jim and had facilitated the deal to buy the Muppets. So Eisner heard about this and he said he approved the deal to buy Bear if they throw in the Muppets as well. So they really got a two for one sale.
1: Wow! <laughs> so
4: yes. So now Puppet Heap is in charge of taking care of maintaining and building the Muppets, and so and Bear and his friends are like you know in their boxes just stored away, standing by, maybe someday, <laughs> maybe not. <Muppet> return, <laughs> maybe. It's <a> bit amazing. <laughs> right, and this Crypt Keeper moment where the box is just like <laughs> <things> <laughs> opens up. <laughs> Hats off the <laughs> dust.
0: <laughs> Just this head, Cunningham. Uh, isn't it? That's <laughs> <laughs> <I smell laughs> nostalgia.
2: <laughs> now, Mr. McNeil, you work with a massive hero of mine in John Oliver.
4: Oh, yes. <laughs> John. On last
2: week, I... Um, <laughs> Obsessed is probably the wrong word. No, or, or is it? I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I adore that man so much. But you obviously puppeteer on there. You've been Mr. Nutter You've been totes my goats. Um, and amongst other other wonderful characters that have been on that show. How did that happen? I'm I'm so excited to ask this question.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's like when John first started his show, um, like midway through that first season, I got a call from mm. Um, my friend, puppeteer, Stephanie DeBruzzo. Stephanie was one of the original cast members in Avenue Q. And so she was contacted because they wanted to do this uh, parody of, a, of a, a prison reform using puppets. So she asked, like, are you free this weekend? I was like, sure, I'll commit. So it was me, myself, Stephanie, and uh, James Wojtel. And so they had never done this. I mean, this was, this was, this was the s- first season And it was halfway through. And so this was new for John. So John came in that Saturday and like read through the script with us and saw the puppets and we just started bantering with them and he loved it. And so uh, the next day we taped in front of a a live audience. Um, We did a run through with him. And there was like one line I I thought I would use, but I thought, no, I'm gonna wait until we're actually like doing it. (laughs) And so the actual um, thing happens where um, John walks over and it's kind of like this kind of Sesame-ish kind of set and the puppets are there. And um, there's like, I'm like this monster character and Stephanie and James are these kid characters. And then there's another puppeteer who's like this alligator kind of character. And he says something in... um, John says, all right, all right, let's calm down, Mr. Alligator. And he's like, it's like, Alligator, I'm a crocodile. And during the course of the rehearsal, you know, he gets offended that, you know, you think we all you know we all look alike. Yeah, yeah. So before he gets, like, it's not an alligator, I'm a crocodile. And before he says anything else, my character goes, Oh Jesus, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and- and John, like you can see on the tape, he's trying suddenly not to laugh because he's heard me say this. So he's like, here's like, you know, like doing this with his mouth not to burst out laughing. <laughs> and that was always the thing, like ever since then, like during the run-throughs, John never sees these things. So my goal is always to make him laugh. And like, I, I didn't like the first time I did miss the Nutter Butter because he had never seen it except for the run-through, before the run-through. So I came out fully dressed. And I was able to, like, with my free hand inside, because he's sitting on my head like a helmet inside. But yeah. I, my free hand, I could make his mouth open and close. But closed, then I can actually, like, jerk the head around, like the way a squirrel would. Yeah. And I started doing with John, and he he couldn't talk. He was laughing so hard. He, had never, <laughs> he was just, like, laughing. He couldn't stop. <laughs> and so actually somebody on Twitter complimented, my movement saying like, did I research squirrel movements? So I was like, no. You
2: nailed it though. You absolutely nailed it.
4: <laughs> but yeah, so it's always the goal to make John laugh with these things. So yeah, but he's, he's great. And he's as nice as you think he is. He's so easygoing. He's so funny. He's so smart. But he really also, in this late, he did a, um, I think it was back in like March or so in Vulture Magazine. He did a, an article interview with him and he's talking about the mascots and all that. And he really has a true appreciation for puppeteers and what we go through and says like, people think it's so easy to do and that it's, it's not. Because he's worked with me, he's worked with the puppeteers on Sesame Street. So he really has seen like what it takes. There was like one bit where it was talking about, oh, I forgot what it was, but it was like, for some reason it had to be a seagull. And so and the seagull has to like pop up like, <laughs> midway through the report and then pops up again at the end so but I, it's not like you can just stop and like load me in so pretty much before like once everybody's settling in the in the audience i, I come out and like see all i can like a little back and i just like everything's set up for me with the monitor and i just lay down on the floor and i'm just like laying there and then you know john does his little introduction he answers questions i'm still laying on the floor under the desk <laughs> And then he comes in, he looks down and says, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and so for the bulk of the show, I'm looking at John's socks and just like waiting until it's time for me to do my bit. <laughs> and just like just laying there waiting, <sighs> waiting. waiting. <laughs> oh. And then once the show was done, he said, Thank you. And then that's when he got up and he's, he, then he introduced me and I pulled myself up and waved and all that. But like, yeah, it's so, it's so funny. It's so ridiculous. I call it like, you know, it's like 60 Minutes meets Monty Python. It's because it's just, it's really informative and educative. Oh, yes. But then it's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's I great. just
2: love the way it's, I mean, I'm sorry to like refer to him, but like, and obviously this is your interview, but like, I love the way no. his mind works.
4: No, it's, like, it's great. Yeah. And he, and he really appreciates like, like what, what, what we could do to help enhance that. We just did this thing with, um, about the vaccination. And it was the whole thing about how you can't convince somebody, <laughs> Like you know, with like you know, doing a song or doing some like little stupid mascot. I mean, like, what you think we're going to do? Like, you know, get a giant cicada cicada, and of course that's me, and just like (laughs) shuffling in the back. (laughs) (laughs) And John doesn't notice me at all. But again, during the the run through, had never seen it, and so during the run through, it's like I'm shuffling in the back. And he's trying not to laugh and I'm doing all these little movements and he's trying and he's just, and during the run through, he just starts laughing because it's so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) What's it, uh,
2: what's it like being in the void? The
4: void, the void is very cozy. It's (laughs) it's very, it's very white, it's very cozy. Um, I don't know for certain, but I think before the end of the season, we'll be going back into the studio because (gasps) more people are, well, this, this past week, Stephen Colbert went back into the studio and, uh, on, and so other, and, and Saturday Night Live, um, when we, when I did the Muppet Show bit, it was like 75% full of audience. And then the next week was the season finale. And that's when they had full capacity again. So it's oh. starting to get back there. So I can't like, don't swear by me, but okay. I'm pretty sure by the, before the end of the season, John will be back in the studio and you'll have actually have a, a studio audience. In there again, so.
2: Was it uh, quite nice back in front of the studio audience then when you did Oh yeah, records. it's like,
4: I mean, he's done a really good, not everybody could pull off like, you know, talking to the screen because some of them are so dependent upon audience reaction and it doesn't work. Like, you know, for Jimmy Fallon and James Gordon is like, like, no, it's like, no. But, but for John, he really is like talking to you because that's, even when he has an audience, he's still talking to you at home. Mm. So it's still continued that way. As well so he was able to really make it work but i'm sure he's looking forward to getting back and forth of an audience too and have their because there's nothing like having the audience like react to something which is and they just do like the most like the bigger and the dumber it is the <laughs> audience just loves it
0: <laughs> so we we're just talking then about some some of the characters you've done like on the show how do you find out what you're doing are you pre-warned or do you walk in see the suit question everything about your life and-
4: <laughs> it's like what happened <laughs> yeah i mean they would they do sometimes it would be um, before the pandemic it was like last minute like i would literally get a call sometimes the day before it's like no can you come in tomorrow can you come in this weekend so it's like uh sure what am I doing? But um, with this past uh, season so far, they they've let me know like like I mean, like two weeks in advance we're thinking of doing this because then I have to get a COVID test it has to pass and then I get the green light to go to you know the void and uh, be, <laughs> be with John. But before that, it was just like sometimes very last minute and they would just like throw things together. And Bob Flanagan would often have to like build something at like the last minute. So. That's how creations like Mr. Nutter Butter came about because it was like the last minute. Like, I, I could, I, yeah, the first time I put them on, I could still smell the barge glue inside drying because it was that quick. Wow. <laughs> so had to Make it like and, and have it delivered. So, yeah. So, but it really is the whims of the writers and John. So it was like, I have like often go in like, what is it this time? And then it's like, ah <laughs> I just have this
2: image in my head of you of your wife like yeah, you're cooking dinner or something. Then you get the call, you're like, you just rushing out and go, sorry
0: buck a minute. Someone needs you to dress up as a cicada bye yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. A couple of times I've taken my son and uh he's loved craft service there. They used to have the best craft service. I'm looking, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to coming back is craft service. Cause right now it's just like, it's so sad going. <laughs> so many like, like this is not craft service. It's like, no, <laughs> this is like a badly catered school lunch. This is like, what is It's like little boxes and all that. It's not, I'm waiting for like, you know, the troughs of candy and like, you know, <laughs> like you know the little, the little tarts and cookies. So I'm waiting for that to come back. So, Fingers crossed. So
0: now, before we start wrapping up, I wanted to ask you about your books. So you've oh. done ten minute puppets and bucks. Yeah, so I love the idea of these oh. books. They are amazing. I fully intend to get them when I can for my daughter because I think we could have some great fun with these.
4: But where? What made you want to do these books? Oh, that was my wife again, Susie Edith McNeil, author of the Maggie Hope mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've heard I mean, that mentioned. July 6th, yes, it is. <laughs> <Like> Amazon UK. <laughs> <You know>? um, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was her idea. And she said, like, you, know, you know how to be a, a puppeteer and you know how to be a dad. Why don't you put them together and show people how easy and simple you know, making puppets can be. But she said, make it for people like me. I am not crafty. <laughs> it's like, you are not married to Martha Stewart. And so <laughs> I would come up with these little things and then I would like show them to her and she would like go through and like make little notes. And then it got to the point where she would just like glance at it and it's like simpler, like simpler, <laughs> like too many steps, simpler. And so that's how I gave about like that's her idea. And then also my son too, cause especially with box, he would just ask me like to make stuff for him. Like one time when he was little, he said, dad, could you make me a, a pretend fireplace? I said, why? He said, For my pretend fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. Sure, that makes sense. So I did. But it's <laughs> well, better than playing with real fire, son. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be good with the cardboard. So thank you, son.
2: <laughs> Such a genius idea. Genius idea. You know, um, with all the toilet roll paper holding the, the cardboard out of it. Because right. I. I was never very creative myself. It's always got like these art books. I'm like, uh, no idea. This is like yeah. fall apart or whatever. So yeah, it's genius. I'm with the, the 10 minute puppet thing. Where you put the eyes and the tongues and stuff in the back.
4: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause like you can cut them out of the book, but you can also go to my website, noelmcneil.com and you can download a lot of like the eyes and some of the simpler paper puppets. You can just download them still. So make a, making it available for everybody. Quick and easy.
0: Beautiful. I love that. I really do love that. I think it's amazing. Because, you know, it's, like you
4: said, this stuff's for kids at the end of the day. And oh, yeah, youngie exactly. The younger you get family. them into it, yeah. Because, like, tell me the Puppets, I designed it so that kids and their families, like, could grow with it. So that's why the early puppets are just, like, finger puppets. Like, you take a a washable marker and you just, like, put, like, you know, dots and a smile on your finger. Like, you know, for, like, you know, where's stumpkin, That kind of thing. Like, that's a puppet. And he just keeps going more. And then there are these little side things about you know, if you have more time, you can do this and you can be a little more elaborate. And then throughout it, I asked my uh, puppeteering friends for uh, advice to share with people. So about voice characterization or staging or writing or, or, or just like puppet experiences. So I asked like, you know, Frank Oz and Fran Brill from Sesame Street and John are from Avenue Q and the introductions written by Jerry Nelson from The Muppets. And so I was like, I'm just so proud that they actually did that for me. So it's a really, it's a really great book. So you can get it, you can get it on Amazon. I think still.
0: As well as your wife's book at the
4: same time. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. After you've ordered the holiday I mean, July 6th. <laughs> <laughs> you then you go over and see if there's like a copy of 10 puppets left.
0: <laughs> Incredible. Uh, Tom, have you got any more questions? Yes. I've
2: got one left. So you're doing now something now called the show me show. Yes, which is aimed at kids with autism and special needs. I think that is the most beautiful thing ever. It's really what well, I watched uh, the little clip on YouTube before. Um, what what made you decide to aim it directly at kids, you know, with special needs?
4: Um, because I got so many uh, fan emails from uh, parents of uh, just kids with autism and special needs, thanking them for Bear and how some of them still like watch the show on DVD or VHS or sometimes now on YouTube. And I realized there's not a show like that on right now. And that the the networks aren't going to do something like that anytime soon. Because I remember years ago, I went to one of the major kids networks there in the States. And I had this idea for like a music show with puppets and uh, human hosts. And even had like um, little figures and like the map of the islands and sample song that my friend was gonna be the host, like, well. And it was just, I realized that this was not working. It was, it got to the point where it was like watching the last 45 minutes of Titanic. It was just depressing after a while because this <laughs> person was just not responding. And so I finally asked her, it's like, what is it you really want? And she said, Noel, I'm gonna be honest. If you can come up with an inexpensive 3D, even 2D animated show, where during the course of the adventures, the characters have to collect items that we can then translate into merchandise the kids have to buy. That is what we want. Wow. Welcome to children's television, everybody. Fuck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So then that's where that. was like, okay, I'm going to try and do this myself. So I've been developing it and hopefully someday it will be actually a full-fledged series. So fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. Yes.
2: hundred yeah, <laughs> percent.
4: Until then, it's on YouTube, so you can like tune in. And I have occasionally friends of mine who can contribute to it.
0: That's awesome. Oh, it's such an oh mate, you, I love you. You just I just <laughs> I, I just love it, you know. You've dedicated pretty much your entire life to putting smiles on kids' faces. And that's oh, inc- sure that's us. incredible.
4: Thanks. It's Absolutely. Like I've, I've, I've I've had fun so far. So like knock on wood. I'll keep doing it. Don't, Plus, I it's can't. just
0: been delightful for me because, like I say, like you said earlier, your voice is Bear's. And it's like I've been having this conversation with Bear, and I'm loving, i loving <laughs> life. <laughs> um, before we get out of it, we like to play a little game with our guests. If you're more than willing, sure. It's called the quick fire round. We literally ask you like five questions, and you answer them as quickly as you can. It's okay. Very simple. All right. First one. Yes. Favorite pizza topping. Oh, pepperoni. But the amount of times we've had that answer, it's a,
3: <laughs> it's a strong choice, it's, it's a, strong a very choice. strong
0: choice. And um, your go to karaoke song,
4: oh, um, Glory Days by Bruce Springsteen <laughs> 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 says if a lot he... right
0: there, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> if you could have a superpower,
4: what would it be? Oh, wow, um, um, uh, I think. Um, the ability to um, like, um, um, like lift things like mentally, like telekinesis, I guess, oh. like, uh, just like to lift things up and just like have it float over that kind of thing. Make puppeteering so much easier as well. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, can I just sit here comfortably with the little thing? just Puppeteer yeah. <laughs> from over here. Just like, look at it. Look at it going. Isn't that great? That's awesome. <laughs> Ah uh, the merchandise, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Who
0: would play you in the movie of your life?
4: Oh, Uh let's see. Oh, there's a. Uh, let's see. Well, oh, what's his name? He was in um um. Shoot. Um, I think Rami Malik, If we were doing like young and old, he kind oh. of looks like me. <laughs> That's a strong choice. Yeah, it's like it's like if you could do. Freddie Mercury, he can do a dolly wiggler from the stage. So, it's like
3: Dolly <laughs> <laughs> wiggler.
4: That's what Jim calls us. Like, you know, we wiggle dolls. <laughs> so good. <laughs> That's incredible. That, that's ruined puppeteering for me forever. <laughs> it's just going to be dolly wigglers
0: now. <laughs> dolly wigglers.
4: Yeah. A professional dolly wigglers, that's the difference. Yeah, at
0: least
2: get, get it right at least.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and last one before you let you get out of here, a piece of advice you would give to a younger version of yourself.
4: Oh. Uh, just, just like, just keep doing what you're doing because it's all going to work out. You might not think so, but it really, really is. And it really, really does. For God's sake, have fun. Always. <laughs> oh. Yes, exactly. No, this, e- been... this is big. It's even something I tell myself now. <laughs> 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 when I wake up, so it's like, just keep doing what you're doing. It's all going to work out. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> For God's sake, have fun. <laughs> Noel, this has been incredible.
0: I've had so much fun talking to you. Thanks. I've been Having I, a great time with you guys. Too. I appreciate this so much. Is there any plugs, social medias, anything you want people who listen to this to check
4: out? I'm like, well, like I said, I'm like I'm on the TikTok and uh, Cameo, I'm on Instagram. The Show Me Show is on YouTube, um, and then my Noel's Book Nook. You can listen to on Apple Podcast and uh, Google Podcast and uh, Spotify and Anchor. Um, and yeah it's like it's like pretty much it <laughs> it's like it's like trying not to be too social media but yeah between TikTok, camera and Instagram like that's pretty good incredible No, it's no. been
0: so much fun thank you so much man
4: thank you guys for inviting me hope you have a great summer have a safe yeah, summer
0: you too thank you, you, you so much
4: everybody out there stay safe and uh, when I get to the UK guys first round's on me
2: yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I would love that. I'm all over that. Seriously, Noel, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. We really appreciate it. Hey, have a it. wonderful rest of day. You enjoy yourself, take it an easy, and we'll see you soon. Indeed. Because we're having to big
0: Say my friend. Very soon I know. Just what a hero. What I absolutely absolute
2: hero, man. Loved that interview more than you could possibly ever imagine. And Noel, we accept the first beers are on you. Yes, definitely. We're having beers with
0: Bear in the Big Blue House. That is happening. It's bucket list, that is, that is happening. It's going to be so good. And what I love is the fact Bear was his voice. So it was literally, we just sat there having a conversation with Bear in the Big Blue House. As far as I was concerned, it was incredible. <laughs> I'm far too old to know what Bear in the Big Blue House is, but I have a little sister, so let me know. No, thank you so much for
2: for coming on. We really appreciate you taking the time out. And uh, we hope you guys enjoyed listening to it as we did recording it.
0: Indeed, Jamie. It's my turn. Yes, it is. Audience participation time. Mm. Let's keep things light-hearted and fun this week. I say we want to hear your best chat-up lines, whether they be cheesy as hell or genuinely damn smooth. And any stories where you've used one in the past or had one used on you. How did it go? Let's have some fun. What have we got, Mister Stevens? What have you got for me? I have skittles in my mouth. Want to taste the rainbow? Cool, oh, I like that. That's good. I've I'm never used. I'm not even going to follow up. No. <laughs> my favourite cheesy one will always be: "My name's not Fred Flintstone, but I'll make it bedrock."
1: Oh my fucking
2: god!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it, but like you
2: said, I've never used them either. I've never I used even, them. I'm very, I'm quite forward when it comes to sort this. I'm just like, you're fit, by the way. Have a good night. <laughs> That's 10 to, to what I go for. It's, I know. It's, I feel a bit weird saying that on here, but like I tend to just be like, yeah, I'll just go and be like, hi, you're really lovely. I hope you have a great night. I'll see you later.
0: Just want to let you know is how I tend to do things. I like that, though. It clearly fucking works. So, you know, just the smooth over there. Oh, fuck off. Everyone <laughs> of was like, does, have, you, have you felt the fabric of this t shirt? Do you know what that is? It's boyfriend material.
2: Oh, fuck,
0: dude.
2: So you know I quite like as well? is this. What noise is that? Go on. The sound of my balls hit your mum's chin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I laughed a lot louder than, that than I should have. That's
2: fine. I think that's more of an insult than it is a chat yeah, line. You know it I mean?
0: still
2: good. It was still so funny.
0: Oh. No, I'm so sorry. I'm
2: so sorry.
0: <laughs> it's only going to get worse over here, don't worry. I know. Oh, Jasper Barrett. Oh, legend. Mine is paraphrased from the film Vamp. Hi, what time do you get off and can I watch? <laughs> <laughs> Ori Kimbler. Have you heard family is the strongest thing out there? Want to help me make one? Oh, 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 oh I like it. <laughs> Andy Norwich says, you have the most lovely elbows, a man once told me. I was taken back at it, speechless at the most random part complimented on. He smiled and said, I'm sure you are told over and over how beautiful you are. Just pick a part. It is stunning, but I bet you've never been complimented on your lovely elbows. He was smooth. Didn't get him anywhere, but it was smooth. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I, I thought there was more, I thought it was going to be like a punchline somewhere, but that's a so, genuine story. It's genuine, just, that's you have lovely brilliant. elbows.
2: That is absolutely brilliant.
0: Alicia ark letter Walking past someone. Hey, you dropped something. Where? If you fell for that, you'll fall for me too. Oh. Um, John Kemp. I think you're suffering from a lack of vitamin E. <laughs> <laughs> and another one that he put on there as well is, I'm learning about important dates in history. Want to be one of them? Oh, hey, hey, hey. Levi Quinn with possibly my favourite one excuse me I think you dropped something Uh, your standards hi my name is (laughs) Ed Fleece in what I felt like was a personal attack stares intently hoping they pick up on my telepathic signals and make the first move (laughs) I love one of my favourite Darren Austin is your name Jacob because you're a cracker oh for fuck's sake Sammy Raleigh, if you were a transformer, you'd be Optimus fan <laughs> <laughs> This killed me. Like I was struggled to breathe. I was laughing so hard at this one. Dana Walton. When I was single, I went on Tinder and got the chat up line. I'll make your cheeks clap so hard the NHS will think it's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: only problem is it's Thursday. <sighs>
0: Oh, his first day's... Oh, oh, yeah, man. that was the only issue with that oh. one. That
2: was, that's still fantastic.
0: Just wonderful, isn't it? Um, Siobhan. Sh- yeah, Siobhan. Siobhan, Siobhan, whatever. I knew a guy a few years back called Wayne, who was Chinese. He was always asking me out, and one day he goes, how about I take you out for dinner, and you can have a bit of chicken chow, Wayne? Needless to say, I pissed myself <laughs> laughing and finally said yes to the date. Yes, Wayne.
1: That's never getting topped. <laughs>
2: I want him to be my friend.
0: What an absolute hero! (laughs) So many more, but I'm trying to wrap these up. Jesse James, Annie Jack. (laughs) It's really got you, hasn't it? Are you a microwave? Because no, sorry, no, no, no. No. (laughs) Do you have pet insurance? Because I'm going to murder your pussy. David Raby. Oh, yes. This almost killed me also. Do you have an inhaler? Because you got ass, man. Oh, Oh. Oh,
1: God. Look, man.
2: Chicken Wayne is never getting beaten.
1: (laughs) Oh, oh, no. That was my last one. Sorry. That was the most glorious fucking thing ever. Oh,
0: and last but not least, he has returned Mr. Ryan Williams. Yeah. Someone I did not expect to comment on this one, actually. <laughs> I was so happy when he did. So honestly, I never liked the concept of pickup lines. However, I saw my buddies who were complete dicks to women go on dates all the time. So for a very brief period in my life, I thought, let's try. So these are the, are the my pickup lines. When in a packed room, let me clear a seat for you. And as I start wiping my face. <laughs> if, I, if I was able to make the alphabet, I'd put you and I together. Nice. Call 911. Heaven is missing an angel.
2: Oh, that's horrible. I
0: hate that. <laughs> What's a pretty lady like you doing in a dirty place like this? And what can we do to get it cleaned? <laughs> None of these pickup lines actually worked, which is why I only tried them for a brief period in my life now depend on my personality and sexiness to go on dates.
2: Well, Ryan right. you absolute hero. You are one of the biggest hunks I know. I don't think I've ever used the word hunk in my life.
1: I don't know where that
2: came from. <laughs> Does everyone ever say hunk anymore? What a horrific word that is. I know. Oh,
0: what a hunk. Okay. <laughs> Hey, Hunk, want to go for some chicken chow, Wayne? Oh,
2: dude, that that was the best thing in the world. I, I <laughs> want to end the show there, to be honest with you, because that was absolute perfection. I must have had at least over 100
0: answers to that.
2: It, God, everyone is just phenomenal. Like, Seriously, it's everybody, incredible. thank you so much for all your contributions to everything that we do. We really, really appreciate and love every last one of you. Thank you so much. If you enjoy Jamie's participation challenges, Callum's teachings, Tom's journal, and our interviews, please go back and check out the other thirty-six editions of Usoc Chronicles. But we have had some blinding shows. Like we love, we love doing this. We love doing this because we like to make people laugh and entertain you all. And that's why we try to have as most fun with this as possible. So we really appreciate everyone that checks out. Go back and check out all our other reviews. There was Usoc Super Bar Fight before that as well, where we just had a lot of fun and we had a lot of fights in a bar called Big Dicks. Halfway in, I miss that place. And then- there's also YouSuck's What's the Difference with Alan Tom, where they talk to loads of different people from all around the world with their, their incredible stories. And they have the Later Lounge afterwards, which is on our YouTube channel at YouSuck Podcasting Network, where you can check out all of our interviews, all of their interviews, all of the Later lounges, all of the useC Weekly Bazaars that used to be once. And Usac Live, which is live every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. via the Facebook page and YouTube channel. There is also the website, which you we heard about earlier, which is www.YouSuckNetwork.com. Please go check that out. You can find out all about the podcast, all the shows are on there. You can find out all about us and there's stores on there as well. You can buy lots of merchandise. Merchandise! Because we know how much you love those YouSuck Chronicles t-shirts. All right. Um, there is obviously the YouTube channel, as I mentioned before. There's also the Facebook page, which is at YouSuck or at YouSuck fan page or at YouSuck Chronicles podcast or at YouSuck What's Difference podcast. Please give them all a follow, a little love, a bit of, you know, a bit of TLC, a bit of TLC. Give them some tender loving care. You know, maybe a little fiddle underneath the table as well. Come and follow us on the Twitter, at USEP Chronicles or at USEP Network. Please come and follow us on the Insta, at USEP Network. And please follow us on TikTok at USEP Network. Not that any fucker uses it. Download us, reviewers share us, tell all of your friends and us, raters, reviewers, and everything else. And also, most importantly, wear us like a vest because it's fucking boiling out there today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> And um, also, while you're on the Facebook and on the Instagram, go and search for Pod Aid. It is a 24-hour charity event we are doing in September, so come give it a like and share the love. Please. Get ready for the big event.
2: For Lincoln Davis Charity Fund based out of Shrewsbury, UK, please go and give us some love, and let's get all that shared out and just tell everybody about it, and make sure you come and join us on September 29th. Yeah. Jamie, what an episode what an episode we've, no. we've had
0: wholesome content we've had raunchy content it's been a weird
2: one uh, no i'm so sorry for language <laughs> used i hope you don't mind we you know we got a bit carried away i think i think there was just we've been away for a week again so i think this was is what more happens a, when we
0: miss each other isn't
2: it yeah 100 <laughs> 100 but it's been an absolute pleasure to do this once again with you so jamie thank you so much for another glorious episode Noel, thank you so much for being an absolute legend hero
0: and taking time out to talk to us Damn right. Please, everyone, go check out Noel's stuff that he plugged at the end of the show. Get his books. I plan on getting one of them books myself. Just just give Noel all the love. Go follow him on TikTok because his TikTok is amazing. Guys, as for this week, we will definitely
2: see you next week. (laughs) Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye.
1: Bye. USA Chronicles, part of the USA Podcasting Network.